Dear baby listener, Goat Games is produced in association with The Network. Find our show and other great podcasts at BICBP-radio.com. Also, Goat Games includes many, many spoilers for every game that we play. If you don't want the game spoiled for you, we recommend playing the game and coming back to listen to the episode afterwards. In the meantime, check out a different episode, maybe, if you feel like it. All right, on to this episode. I moved to a yeah. new house since we last recorded. Oh, yeah. So Whoa, a, that's a big deal. Yeah. You know, it, it's so hard because it's so long between recordings. It's like, oh, this event happened like six months ago. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's the last time we recorded. <laughs> um, how's, your, how's your new house, Rob? It's nice. I have a lot more space to move around in. I have my own kitchen. Um, it's oh, a nice. weird place. The 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 landlord like promised that they would clean it up before we moved in and then proceeded oh, no. to not do that. Um, so like we, um, one of the upstairs, there's like this big wooden grate in the floor. Like you could, you could wooden drop grate. like a whole Nintendo 64 through the holes in this grate. Um, what is so it? We, what? In the, in the floor? Yeah. What function yeah. does it serve? Just to, to, to it's to like hurt children? It's supposed it to be like a vent, trapped? like a vent that air would come through, but it's just like huge. And so we like pulled it up and there's just like a whole ass chicken nugget in there. <laughs> Oh, nasty. And here's the crazy thing. It looked completely normal. It looked like someone had just taken it out of the refrigerator. (laughs) Maybe one of your roommates is playing a terrible joke on you. No. (laughs) No, that's the the power of McDonald's preservatives. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's the preservatives. It really is. That's the Tyson chicken at work. That's the... But yeah, it's uh it's good though. It's good on the whole. It's nice to have some space. Um I'm in like a basement area now, so it's a lot cooler, which is nice. Um nice. finally have air conditioning, also nice. You didn't have air conditioning? I did not know. It was miserable in that old place. It got oh, so Oh wow, hot. no wonder you were always like, Can I have a fan when we're recording? Yeah. I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, like... we we'd record and I'd just be literally like Oh God, I'm sweating out so all much my sweat. Yeah, <laughs> I needed I needed Q's uh, pop sock to help with the wicking power. Yeah, for um, the wicking power, you need why a body is Rob pop sock. Always just wet and moist. <laughs> yeah, you are you are less shiny. I, I thought you were glistening because you were like a shiny Pokemon. You were like a rare and like glowing, but no, you're just not sweating. Yeah. You're just not. <laughs> I'm just at a comfortable temperature now. Yeah, I'm sorry I did that to you. I didn't. I it's didn't okay. Know. It's all right. It's, it was worth it for the pod. I just, um, I feel like an Oliver Twist level, like it's like a sweatshop. Like, like, yeah, like a sweatshop. Like, please, sir, can I just have a small fat? No, it'll hurt. It'll hurt the audio quality. And, and Rob just rolled with it. He's like, yes, yes, sir. <laughs> Such a nice man, Rob. <laughs> um, well, c- congratulations on your you. You know what your your camera, you look less compressed. Like in your old space, it was cool because you're like all of your art, all of your you know enthusiasm, all of your um <laughs> back. Uh, what are things that people like? What are those called? Your uh, interests were yeah. like all around. <laughs> what are you? things right. that what what do humans enjoy? What is the thing? <laughs> yeah. 
It's like when Q forgot the word for stalking. Um, yeah, it's like you were surrounded by all of your interests, which looked cool, but it always did kind of look like they were going to collapse around you at any given moment. It, it always did look like the walls were closing in. It was hilariously um, small. Like I could just lean. I know. Yeah, I know you didn't have like this, room. and I would hit the shelf behind me. Yeah, um, but you so. made it work. Yeah, and you look, and yeah, and I, I can see, I can see you have depth in your frame now. Like yep. it was, you did look two D <laughs> before because of the the tiny distance between the two things. But now you look three D. It's Figio, and welcome to Goat Games, where we only play the best games. I'm your host, Alan Newton. Here on Goat Games, we take a look at video games that are quote unquote that are considered quote unquote the greatest of all time, and talk about them. Are they great? What makes them great? Or are they just overrated? Let's find out. You can find me at twitch.tv backslash figgy underscore o. Sometimes I stream occasionally, and I'm joined today by Quentin. Y'all, what's up? It's Q. It's your boy Q, a.k.a. Rat Parade, Master of the Underground, Slayer of Worlds, Dominator of Ruins, Heart Stealer of Children. Happy to be here. <laughs> We added that out. It's not what it sounds like. Really leaning into that Pied Piper thing we talked about a couple episodes back. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I'm, I'm just gonna let it sit. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give him an opportunity to backpedal out of it. Right. <laughs> Next up, hey, we have Rob. Yeah, I'm uh, Rob, Super Captain Rob on uh, Twitch. I'm a variety streamer, accidental just chatter, and very buzzed light year. Um, uh... <laughs> we did a, I did a, a, a drunk a drunk stream where I dressed up as Buzz Lightyear and we played Toy Story 2. That game's and fun it was awesome. I haven't seen that That's game in forever. That's great, man. Yeah, it was awesome. It's I've so only played good. It really I think I used to play that on PS1. That was the oh, no, first like non-educational video game that I ever played, so it's super nostalgic for That's... me. Oh, um, yeah, it That's was adorable. It was good, uh, but yeah, if you <laughs> if you want to catch me, I stream on Twitch Tuesdays through Thursdays, starting at five thirty CST, and Saturdays starting at three CST. And I'd love to say hi if you want to come by and hang out. Wonderful, and I'm joined by Steve. Yep, my name's Steve. It's Steve for cheese on twitch with the number four in it uh i don't know how much i'll be streaming going forward but check me out oh, hey you know what you go um if hey hey kids do, do you like goat games because <laughs> if you like goat games then go check out Eat Sleep List. Eat Sleep List. Where, i was about to plug it too where, yeah we're me and figgy we're on episode 99 99, it's an easy That's one right. to remember, where we list our top 10 favorite boss fights. Uh, with, it was yeah, a blast. It yeah, was that, a blast. that episode was no, hella yeah, good. I was just going to say, we got Dan and Matt on there too, so uh, it was it was a good time. Matt from the, the Resident Evil episode, the Podfather. That's right. The Podfather, <laughs> yes. The Podfather and his only <laughs> true begotten son, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, it was a great time. I had a blast um, doing that yeah. episode. Um, 
Yeah, and uh, it's it's a great crew. It's a great episode. Great topic. I want to. Uh, um, I, I yeah, go do it. I, yeah, or go listen to it. Um, and yeah, it's episode ninety nine. Like I feel like I feel like. Because I'm an egotistical maniac, um, it's like they brought me on. They brought the Goat Games bump crew and yeah. energy to kind of like amp up the anticipation for episode 100. That's how I'm framing it. I'm, it's absolutely wasn't a coincidence that we were 99, no. but I'm, that's how I'm framing no. it. It was written uh, from the start of the podcast. They're like episode 99. Right. Goat Games isn't even a thing yet, but one day exactly. there will be Goat Games, and one day we'll have Figgy and Steve on. <laughs> no, from the beginning, Matt just had a giant chalkboard of every episode he was ever going to do, and 99 was just always like a giant circle question mark. Like, I, And then finally, I came along and started Goat Games. It was like, these guys, this is what I need. Um, so yeah, go listen to Eat Sleep List. In general, it's a great, fun it podcast is. with great dudes, and um, episode 99 is their best episode. So... Um, <laughs> Yeah, they just they just, just hit a hundred where they they listed they, did. they listed their top ten episodes of Eat and Sleep list. It's good, yeah. It's very it's awesome. very meta. Yeah, it's yeah. a good. It was a good one. Guys, next year, get your tickets now. You have to come to Dragon Con. Hell yeah, in Atlanta. Q, we you have no going. excuse. Do you? Yeah, you've said that every year. <laughs> I've actually, I've actually, I, I, I've actually implicitly given up on you and your wife ever coming. So, so I feel like um, Q is the one who does have an excuse because he just had a baby. No. no okay. True. First of all, we were going to go baby. this year, but then we had a baby. <laughs> First, no go. bullshit. I don't believe you. Um, first of all, there's lots of people dressed up with their babies in adorable costumes, like Daenerys, but their baby's a dragon. Um, tiny, just baby versions of, of things, like a baby, baby, My baby, baby, Myers, baby, Michael Myers, baby, you, like, you know, you like just adorable things. you want to dress things. up as Daenerys for Dragon Con? You do have the hair for Fuck it. yeah. Q. I actually <laughs> have that. I have that wig somewhere around here. Big, nice, blonde one. Long. Oh, yeah. Luscious. Yeah. Um, but Dragon Con is great. Uh, we, I went this year. <laughs> and um, so people at work were like, oh, you went to Dragon Con. Did you dress up? And I, had, I was like, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, well, what'd you go as? And it's like, oh, man, I'm about to reveal just that. I'm, I'm just like, <laughs> they don't need to know this part of me. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's not like that bad. Like, like honestly, for like nerds i imagine most of the people listening to this audience or a lot of people listening you know it's not too crazy of a reference but i work with a bunch of normal responsible people so me my wife and our two friends went as um the fieri nation so we dressed up in avatar fire nation garb oh. and crossover with guy fieri and we were the flavor benders <laughs> love it and we all had like little we each had different flavors like mine was sweets and like uh, miranda's was like breakfast food and stuff and we all had like little floating we like tied floaty like um pieces of like fake food like like plushy food to like to like fishing line and like so we could pose with it and it's like they were floating it was awesome great <laughs> <laughs> we are we we seem to have a lot of traction. But yeah, I don't know. Y'all should come to Dragon Con. It's just the best thing for nerd shit. The costumes are amazing and I have a place you can stay for free. Um you have to play, buy your own plane tickets. Uh, but otherwise Unless we walk. <laughs>
Unless you walk, yeah. And like, if you honestly turning it into like an actual like pilgrimage or like a um or or like maybe even like a Forrest Gump like 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 jogging across the country sort of thing, um, hey. is appropriate as as it is a kind of like nerd mecca or like a like. It, my cheapness has no bounds. My cheapness and disregard for my body. Yeah, most people do the Appalachian Trail because they want to, like, you know, like it. It's a bucket list, or they want to see in like America. You are going to do the Appalachian Trail on accident to save a dollar. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, Dragon Con was super fun. Y'all should come. Um, yeah, what else is going on? In our lives. Oh, my car got stolen, which I think everyone here knows. Yeah, um, that shit's so crazy, man. Yeah, that's nuts. That stream was yeah. wild. I don't yeah, know if I, I, don't I, know came... if I told you, but I was like, because I was in your stream, and then I had to leave, and I was like, oh, I'll be back later if you're still on. And I went back later, and you were off, so I was like, oh, did he beat it? So I went to like the end of the stream to see if you beat Undying because you were doing the Undying boss fight. Yeah, and uh, you're like, oh, my car just got stolen. <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> it's like, yeah, oh my so god, what the hell? Breaking news. <laughs> so I got up for like three minutes. I walk away. I get a drink. I come back and I see your streams over. So I go into Rob's <laughs> stream and I'm like shitting on you. I was like, I was like, oh, no. he was so bad at the Undyne fight. It broke he his computer. <laughs> and then I, and like five minutes later, I go back and pull up your vod, and I'm like. Oh my god, his car was stolen. <laughs> like, I feel like such an ass. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, if this makes it into the pod, I don't know if it will or not, but dear baby listener, if you have a Kia or a Hyundai car, get like a like get like a boot for your steering wheel because you I can now steal a Hyundai. I can steal a Kia. I know how to do it. Um, can and I'm, have, can and have. Yeah, I had to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, I, I, I had stole to get my, my car back, back somehow. <laughs> no, that's exactly what happened. So, like, I don't know if I told you guys the results of it, but so okay, I'm streaming and Miranda calls me in the middle of stream. I'm like, you know, not to disturb me during stream. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> she calls me during the stream, and I go like, yes, dear. What is it? I love you. And she, uh, and she goes, um, you know, like. I can't find our car. <laughs> and oh my gosh. And I, you know, so the, so I in stream. I'm like, sorry guys, I think my car's been stolen. And then I, I start and I in stream and start panicking. <laughs> and um Yeah, and um we go outside and the car's not there and we call the cops. Uh and we start driving around looking for it. And we find it like three streets over. Um and I don't know the story. It's this isn't a fun story. There's not very much humor in the story. But the cop comes. They can't do anything because, like, you know, they don't have like they. You know, someone could technically drop it off in front of a different house. But it's like sitting in front of a house. A guy walks by, who I don't know seems inebriated and stuff, and like is like, oh, yeah, my my mom was asking about that car, <laughs> and I was like. And I was like, like I'm like sitting there with the cop, and the cop's like, "Can I? Do you have a minute to talk to answer any questions?" He goes, "No." And he like he goes into the house. He's like, "Well, is your mom home?" And he just like slams the door. I'm like, "That's the guy." That's like, like I don't know. It was, and then um, yeah, I get in the car. You can't once they do this, you can't turn the key back on. So I 
like have to use you use a USB stick to turn your key. And so like I got a USB stick and like stole my own car. It smelled it smelled like urine and and alcohol and anyway. Lovely. Yeah, and now we're trying to get it all fixed and stuff. Anyway, I don't know if I'll make it into the pod or not, but like if you have a Kia or a Hyundai, um go with God. <laughs> Good luck cuz it's going to get stolen. Like, it's going to get stolen. <laughs> Um, Maybe we just convert all of the Kias and Hondas. They're just like a public use vehicle, you know, like a bird scooter or something. <laughs> yeah, um, everyone just walks around. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Still used on sidewalks. <laughs> um, yeah, no, exactly. You might as well, because that is just how easy it is to get them, is they're basically, yeah, just... a, a, a public a public service at this point for, for drunk assholes, I guess. Um, so... Anyway, that's been that's nuts. my time lately. Dragon Con was great, but getting your car stolen turns out not as great. <laughs> um, this uh, just in. <laughs> yeah, this <laughs> just in. A lot of people have been asking. Like, it, 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 the, 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 I, I've done the research. I did the work, so you don't have to at home. If you're wondering which is more fun, Dragon Con or having your Hyundai stolen from your front yard, front street not that we park it in the yard i mean mean, some people do that whatever um and uh yeah turns out dragon con more fun turns out dressing up as a silly guy fieri joke is more fun (laughs) than having your means of transportation ripped out from underneath you (laughs) by a by a drunk man covered in urine because based on the smell um or drunk person i won't i won't assume the gender of the the grand theft auto theft yeah grand theft auto is not nearly steal cars too yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Grand Theft Auto, the game, is way more cool and fun than having your car actually... <laughs> way less than I was like, piss. Yeah, way less urine. And also, I, I don't know if I can play those games without just empathizing with the people that's doing cars from now. <laughs> like PTSD, no. No. Well, when yeah, they release like, the PlayStation 6, which has smell-o-vision, and then you can really oh my smell God. the piss, smell-y. that'll turns really out, change yeah, things. Turns out the protagonist of Grand Theft Auto has always smelled like piss. <laughs> you just didn't, you just didn't know. Um, but yeah, I don't think if I ever play that game again, I will have to return every car I get in good condition back to where I got it <laughs> <laughs> to kind of like create the world I want to see, be the change you want to see in the world. It's um, a fun challenge run. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, don't get your car stolen. Zero out of ten stars. Um, okay, so guys, um, today, dear sweet, sweet, careful, baby, (laughs) today we are talking about Undertale, um, a game that has been a cult that kind of blew up and became a phenomenon for a while and has kind of cemented its place, I think, in, uh, the pantheon of games that a lot of people like. It's the, the pan- that pantheon needs to work on its title. It doesn't. <laughs> the pantheon of games a lot of people like. Um, but um, yeah, we're gonna talk about it. And I have an elevator pitch. Um, it's been a minute since I've done one. Um, so I'm rusty. You got this. So here we go. We believe in you. Yeah, it's it's fine. Yeah. It doesn't. Nothing matters. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> believe in yourself. 
Be uh, filled with determination. Oh, yeah. That's what I needed to hear. Thank you. Um, okay, here we go. So, <clears throat> it's not... It's it's not a whole bit. It's just a talk. It's just you. It's just me and the, me and the dear sweet baby <laughs> listener rapping for a while. I, I've turned my chair upside backwards. I'm sitting in it wrong. I've slung my jean jacket over over my shoulder, and we're gonna have a rap about. Undertale. You should turn the baseball cap backwards too. Oh, I actually am wearing a baseball cap. The... Hold on, wait. Let me get the audio of me. <laughs> Go Ash Ketchum mode. Yeah, and pull your pockets inside out. Now take your pants off. I mean, what? <laughs> Oh, I dropped the baseball hat. The, shit. the hat actually fell off his head. The baseball hat. <laughs> I can't even be fake cool. <laughs> Ironically cool. Okay. <clears throat> Undertale was created in 2015 by Toby Fox, almost entirely by himself. It is a top-down, turn-based RPG with bullet-hell combat elements. The game received nigh-universal acclaim and quickly garnered a cult following. The game has reportedly made over $26 million on Steam sales alone according, at the time of this recording. So, one guy, Jeez. $26 million. Rich man now. Um, <laughs> I mean, it seems like a nice guy. He deserves it, I guess. I just I just wish, you know, we could make $26 million <laughs> off of our podcast alone. Is all I'm saying. Anyway, um... <laughs> You play as a child who has fallen into the underworld filled with monsters, and you must make your way to the end of the underworld to confront the king of monsters to free yourself from the underworld. Didn't proofread it, didn't realize I said the word underworld four times. Anyway, uh, <laughs> sounds pretty generic, right? Wrong, you idiot! What sets <laughs> this game apart is its mercy system. For essentially every encounter, the player has the choice of fighting their way through or sparing the monster they are fighting. The choices the player makes can result in a wildly different game experience for every playthrough. It uses your choices to shape the world you're in and how you feel about it and how you feel about yourself. But does that make it a goat? Stay determined, dear baby listener, as we figure that out. Anyway, nice. so yeah, yeah, clap, 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 clap. Please clap, please clap. Very I need nice. to get the clap. <laughs> He's melting into a puddle. <laughs> Dear baby listener, you better have clapped. I'll know if you didn't. Um, you guys clap when you listen to the episode, right? I know. Yes, I, I always. do. I'll, I'll be in a crowded mall. I still hang out at malls. Just part of me being so cool. I cheer and pump my fist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Okay, guys, so uh, let's talk about our experience with the game. Did we establish that does the pitcher start that too? Yes, yes. That that's supposed what we to, but we've do, never yeah. followed through. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, here I am following through. I'm, fi I'm, on I'm firing at 100%. Um, <clears throat> okay, so I'll start with my experience of this game. So this game came out in 2017. I think I first heard about it from Video Game Donkey, um, a YouTuber who's very popular. Me too. If you haven't. Yeah, he's. I, I think his. It's one of his most more popular videos. Um, and his review of Undertale, which is a great review. Uh, he didn't spoil anything, but he just. I like, kind of like showed the, how this game is like funny and charming, um, without revealing anything about the plot or really even like how it works. And so I was like, okay, well, you know, um, that looks fine. Um, and yeah, I picked it up and started playing it. And I think this is the second time in Go Games I've said this, but um, I played it shortly, or what feels like shortly. 
my life is a blur. I don't really know. I don't have a concept of time, but it feels like uh, shortly after like a breakup and this game um, really hits you in the feels, which I feel like people don't say that anymore, but um, it does. It, they said it in 2017 and in 2017, it definitely hit hit you in the feels. Um and yeah, and uh, I just I fell in love with it. I've uh, every aspect of it, the the story, the characters are cheer are, are just incredibly endearing and wonderful and funny. And um, the gameplay is fun. And yeah, and the um, story made me feel things in about that no other video game ever had. So yeah, and I played it several times since. I played it on stream. Um, it is great. It is a fantastic game, in my opinion. Um, okay, uh, Rob, why don't you tell us about your experience with the game? Yeah, so um, I know for me, like, I also played it at a point where it was a little bit of tumultuousness in my life. I was I was living in Oklahoma at the time, but kind of just, like, getting ready to move up to Minnesota. So a lot of just, like, stress and just, like, waiting for that move to happen. And um, like you, I had seen Dunkey talk about it, and I think... I just picked it up on Steam one day and decided to give it a try and immediately fell in love with it. Um, and I've since played, uh, this was my third playthrough of the pacifist or third, second, sec, I played neutral and pacifist it. that first time I played it. And then pacifist again later on. And this is my third playthrough of the pacifist and first time of genocide. Um, and then I played some of his other games too. Uh, so I played all of Delta Rune that's out so far. And then I also picked up uh, Earthbound Halloween Hack and played all of that oh, for the podcast. Nice. That's right. Um, yeah. Which I would like to talk about a little bit at some point because I think it uh, gives a really interesting insight into the bridge between Earthbound, which was his inspiration, and Undertale. Um, but yeah, I. Yeah, it's a, it's a game that I've loved for a long time and um, have a very soft spot for. Yeah. So. Yeah, I would love to talk about the Halloween hack. I don't know anyone. You're the only person I've met. I Well, I would say met IRL, but I technically have never <laughs> met you. Um, but you're one of the only people I know who's played it. I mean, I've read stuff online about it, but yeah, I would love there's, to hear your take on it. There's definitely some reason. It, it, well, well, Toby has some reasons that he doesn't really advertise it. Um Oh, it, it was a game made in I think 2009 by a 15 year old kid. Oh um, no, and a oh, brilliant 15 no. year old kid, honestly. Um, but there's definitely some things that are a little bit yikes. Uh, but I'm also happy that I played it. Um, I just like try to contextualize it within when it was made and who it was made by, you know. Sure, um, yeah. But I can also see why he he wouldn't necessarily be shouting from the rooftops that he made it. Um, <laughs> Come but. see my problematic humor in Jinko jeans. <laughs> um, I wish I knew there was a repro card because I would have tried to cram that in before we uh, <laughs> recorded here, but I didn't know. Yeah. Shoulda, woulda, coulda, Steve. Well, <laughs> anyway. I, I played Earthbound and I beat it. Did you do that, Figgy? <laughs> That's oh. not relevant to the discussion. Damn. That's not. That's not important. That's not. Wow. Yeah. Okay, Steve. The actual game that it's inspired by isn't important. That's true. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. you know, I was gonna have you go next, but I'm gonna leverage the tiny bit no. of power I have now to say, Quentin, no. tell us about your experience no. with the game. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. Um. <laughs> 
I, I too started playing this game at a tumultuous point in my life. Uh, I first started playing it in mid 2023, and I was neck deep in dark and darker, lost in the dungeons, getting slaughtered in PvP every night and losing my mind. And then I uh, decided to pick up Understale. Uh, I mean, Understale. Oh I mean, Undertale. Um, okay. And just kind of, you know, relax and play a game that would calm me down and put me to sleep. And it was a really nice uh, week week off of Dark and Darker. So now I'm back in the pits, in the grime, stressed. Uh, but yeah, that was my first experience. I played through the normal route, and then the pacifist route, and then the No Mercy route. And then I played a little bit of uh, uh, whatever route. Um, I didn't, Genocide? I didn't, I didn't play it a third time or a fourth yeah, time. That's okay. They're- there's only like three, but yeah, rounds, yes. But well, when I say no mercy route, I feel like genocide <laughs> I mean, is the not the correct word for the type that of route. Is it's the word that people call that run? It's what it's called, but it seems weird. It doesn't seem like the appropriate word. Isn't we won't get into you semantics. wipe out the entire species of monsters? Yeah, yeah. no mercy. You literally genocide that entire like group that's, of people. That's why you have to like run around and bam, is that there's no one left alive. <laughs> the the implications like you're killing all of them. That's yeah. the Anyway, so. fuck you, <laughs> Steve. What? No, that was it was great. <laughs> Steve, you're back in my good graces. Okay, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, right, yeah, Undertale. I did not really have any sort of connection with this game up until I streamed it. Uh, shout out to my buddy Squill, Squilliam FP, who gave me the game we just sent it to me said hey stream this i was like all right um yeah i watched him um stream at first and he was doing the sans boss fight and i was like dude just beat him it's easy (laughs) 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 so he sent me the game like all right now you fucking do it (laughs) (laughs) i love it so i uh i streamed it this was actually probably to this date. It was probably my favorite game I've ever streamed, just nice. in terms of streaming. Like when I when I'm old and retired and fat, uh, I'm going to look back and I think he's doing weird things with his camera. Sorry, um, I'm going to probably look back and uh, think about this game the most when I when it comes to streaming. Um, I did the neutral, then I did pacifist, and then I did genocide. And then I did a charity stream once and I was like, cause I was I, like, I did genocide and I, that was it. I ended it, but I always wanted to go back and do like the pacifist route again, just to, like end it on a good note. Um, I don't know, just a little mental thing. Will you stop Sorry, rubbing I've, your camera? There's a blob. Distracted. There's a blob on my camera. I don't know if it's me or the screen. Well, no, it's not me. Sorry, 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 right, anyways, sorry, sorry. Anyways, no, you're fine. You're fine. I'm only joking. Um, so yeah, so I did a charity stream, and I, I, my intention was to be the pacifist route again, um, but I forgot that you had to do neutral before you did pacifist. So I got to neutral, and I was already streaming for like seven hours, and we we all know I can't go past the two hours when it comes Oof, to Dupa. streaming. So seven hours was enough, and then I was like. You want me to stream more? Like another two on top of this? Like, are you friggin' nuts? So I, I didn't do it. But then recently, we said we we're gonna play this. So I went back again, and I did those last 
two or three hours or whatever it was to uh to finish up the pacifist um so yeah undertale i've i've played earthbound i beat earthbound um i beat all the mother series and then delta ruin i have not gotten to i've heard mixed things a lot of people tell me to do it a lot of people tell me not to do it at one point i was going to do it but then I didn't feel like streaming it, and then I just never did it. So, <laughs> so wait, this was your first time doing Pacifist? Well, I, when I beat the, what do you mean? Sorry, you said you streamed it this time and did Pacifist for the first time. Am I? Is that? Is that? No, no. This, I, this was the second time I did Pacifist. I did oh, Pacifist. Okay, got it, got it, got I did it. Neutral. Then I did Pacifist. Then I did Genocide. Then I took like a year break from the game, and then I did neutral again, and then I forgot that you had ah, okay. or you had to do neutral before Pacifist. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So then recently again. Like, I don't remember what it was, a month ago. That was my refresher, because I didn't feel like playing the game again. Got it. Okay. Um, cool, 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 cool. <laughs> So I was like, I'll just do these two hours of pacifist and try to uh, remember for better. But yeah, I am a little rusty on the game, too. And to, like, to this point, I still don't know if I want to give this a go or not. So Oh, my God. Ooh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Oh, man. If we... Okay. Okay. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> Say it. I know no, what you're no, thinking. No, no, no. I know what you're you thinking. You don't know what I'm thinking. You don't know what I'm thinking. Um... You're thinking about a certain fox, and I'm not talking about Toby. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, let's kick it off, guys. Let's uh, I'll start. Uh, let's talk about how the game looks and sounds and stuff. Um, so, in my opinion, this is the the visuals are the weakest part of this game for sure. I'm not even going to try to argue otherwise. And, yeah, they um, look like shit. I, I wouldn't quite say that because <laughs> I had other nice things to say. Oh. Um, Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I think they're the weakest part of an otherwise, like, really strong game. Uh, I mean, the description, I don't know if it's still the case, but on Steam, how they have, like, the system requirements uh, on there, on Toby put on the requirements for, like, what do you need to run it? He's like, it's literally clip art. You can run it on Windows 95. <laughs> like, it's, like, um, however, I think that with the limited power they had... Uh, they made every character shine, and they made uh, like I, I think the, the the art, especially in the battle mode, um, like when you're fighting somebody, the art is really limited and it's not amazing, but it's really distinctive, and I think it serves to make the characters more endearing in a way. Like I think if they were hyper realistic, amazing looking, artistically like imp impressive creatures, it wouldn't necessarily fit the tone that the the game has like kind of like established. Um, yeah, but it's compared to the rest of the game. I feel like the yeah, the visuals are the, the weakest element. Um, I think the graphics are fine. I mean, they're not, you know, HD God award type graphics, but it's like, that's it, something that like, you know what they were going for it. They're charming. Yeah. They're going to yeah. stay. They're going to hold the test of time for sure. Um, from they're from like now on. deliberately simple. Yeah, I think it's because like. They're not supposed to be the focus, and yeah. I I feel like it's a, it's a deliberate choice of like this isn't what you're supposed to be focused on, you know. Um, but I don't yeah, know. like I, I mean, think like, the game's I'm, gonna age well with like the graphics because you know it's just like sure. the art style and everything. Yeah, totally. It goes back to like that kind of like simple graphics, just kind of like holding the test of time. That's come up several times in this in this podcast. Yeah, um, like yeah, like Mario World. Yeah, I mean, I would say it's not as like art you know, it's not as good as Mario World. It's probably not even as good as Earthbound, but I still think it's fine. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I I like I love just like the color choices that he mm-hmm. used yeah. in the game. Like there's really strong color choices. And there are some times where like he even uses the fact that it's so simple most of the time to like make something have a little bit more weight. You know, like when you're going when you're like going into um into like the kingdom and it changes to that like side view with the parallax Mm -hmm. shot of the city moving behind you and it's just like quiet and it makes you kind of like breathe in that moment a little bit and the weight of everything that you've done before you got there um i don't know like i i honestly really find the graphics of it kind of beautiful in a way in like what they do i Um, kind of agree yeah and i think i mean like I think Toby has a good, and I, I'm just going to say Toby. Like he actually had uh, other people help him with the visuals and the character models. Mm-hmm. Like there's this other person named Temmy, who is where Temmy Village comes from. Um, but for just shorthand, I'll, you know, Toby's like the mastermind or whatever. Um, I, I think it's not it's very technically impressive, but I think, again, he works within his limitations, whether those limitations were self-imposed or just like it's all that he could do. Um, like the visual language is really strong. Like the, the callback, like, like the, the visual symbol of like the flowers being like throughout it, like whenever he wants, mm-hmm. whenever he wants to symbolize like Asriel and like um, and it's the first thing you land on. And, like, and then like the kind of the perversion of the flower with flowy and stuff like he has a good, strong sense of like visual he seems to have a good sense of like visual language. Um, it's yeah. almost like, yeah, it, it, again, like, he does this a lot with music. I, I, I have a lot to say about music, but he just really, t- he does a good job of tying visual themes into meaning things. Um, the almost, almost like yeah. subconsciously, like there's this theme of flowers throughout the game that he keeps hitting on to represent different things. It represents like home. It represents peace. Um, it represents the history of like Asriel and the as the as family. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, and, um, the, and, and so like, but from a technical level, there's not a whole ton going on. I actually don't love the environments all that much. Um, I feel like that they're a little bit uninspired as far as the, I mean, it's almost like he even says it, like. He he names them after like Hotland, <laughs> like <laughs> snowed in, like which is a funny pun. But it's like there's not much going on. But I feel like the, the like the symbology in the game is pretty strong, and the I mean and the characters really come alive, which is why he I think probably got someone to help him with the character models is because this game's about the characters, and you need to fall in love with these yeah. characters. Help you know, let's make characters that are let look great or or, or look. Well, Go ahead, Rob. And like the simplicity of the environment kind of helps emphasize that focus sure. on the characters yeah. where like, you know, you like go into Snowden and sure, it's like a pretty simple. I honestly find Snowden very sure. charming. It's like a simple little town, but then there's all these cute little characters there and you're like, I want to talk to you and see what you have to say, you know, um, and like I, there's so much variety in terms of the characters and the designs of the characters and there are places that where like even the environments I find to be very beautiful. It's often in the quieter moments, yeah. um, you know, like the waterfall area I find to be really gorgeous um, or that like motel that you go to at the end of the game. Um, I don't know. I, I'm just like the motel was neat. It had, that had a lot level, of but. kind of detail and charm mm-hmm. to it. I think they do use the idea of less is more. They utilize that in a masterful mm-hmm. way with how simple they keep stuff because when they choose 
to then add a pop of color or some kind of, you know, new detail. So I think the I think the biggest example in this game, and it was done so good that it almost made me like kick back from my chair in shock was when you meet Asgore and he's so mm-hmm. lovely and he's like, okay, let's do this. And then boom, he brings out this bright red trident and you're like, holy shit. And it like blows you back <laughs> at how violent it looks because now here comes this giant dark, like scary image that came out of nowhere when everything was so simple leading up to this. It's like little things like that when they choose to, to add something new is something a little bit more flashy than what you're used to seeing. And I do think that every single character is so uniquely designed, despite how simple that each one really, really does stand out in a very, very unique way, such as when you're in Snowden and you go into the tavern, um, that little place where the hamburger joint or whatever, every single monster sitting in there, all of them are completely distinct. So unique, nothing really blends or meshes together. Um, so they do use, they use the idea of less is more very, very well. Yeah, totally. They work within their limitations, which I think is like the name of the game when it comes to visual game, video game graphics. Um, a lot of the determinations, no pun intended that I've, that I personally have made about video games. Isn't so much, is it gorgeous? Is it amazing? Is it whatever? It's how well do they work with what they have? Um, you know, because graphics in video games are so tied to budget. They're so tied to your yeah. resources. They're so tied to, you know, like, and, and so, like, it's just, like, it's a weird, it's a crazy sliding scale for for graphics. Um, going back to, um, like, kind of what we were saying about, like, Again, like the visual one, one spot that stands out to me, Rob mentioned the parallax movement with like that kind of quiet moment, mm-hmm. which is a beautiful moment. It's like one of the money shots of the game. The game doesn't have a ton of those moments visually. Yeah. Um, it has a lot of them writing wise, I think. But but visually it doesn't have a ton of like money shot moments. Um, but that to me is one of them. But one of the places where the visual language is so strong and it's arguably one of the, the, the most powerful sequence one of the more powerful sequences in the game is um the end game when you come back when you end up in tor- you this the game builds up asgore all like over and over and over again in that parallax shot you see his you see the castle in the distance or whatever and then you get to his home and it's just a cozy house and it's specifically a cozy house that is exactly the mirror of um of uh of Toriel's at the beginning and there's so much visual design in that there's there's visual there's uh, I'll talk about the music later there's there's writing there's mu- music and there's visual design to make that moment when you arrive at his house and they tell you the story of the of the undertale denizens hit so hard and so like you go there and like you see like like it's just like all of these like flipped images from um from uh Toriel's house like um like the bed is like a different room it's like not it's like it's oh it's a king size bed because earlier in Toriel's they tell you it's a queen size bed um because he's a king and queen and then like you get to the throne room and her throne has like a like a drape over it um because she doesn't she's you know to indicate this kind of like that she's not there anymore and just to kind of drive home like the loss in their relationship and so like well and not to mention that his entire house is like grayed out yes not exactly right and cheery like toriel's house um his is like 
sad every time and colorless. I, yeah. Every time I get to his house, like it never even occurred to me that he was living in it. I always felt like it was where he and Toriel had lived. And then like when she left him, he had just moved out of it and just like never gone back. And he just lives in that throne room area all the time because he can't like take the the memory of the house that he lived in with her and their children. And, yeah, you know? and the black and white could be dust. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's a that's a really good take. Um and also what Rat was saying about like um it being like sucked of color and devoid of color. If you think of the yellow, like what is the color of Toriel's house? This may be unintentional, but I would like to believe it. Um, it's yellow. It's the same color as the golden flowers. Mm-hmm. It's like it, it's it's the thing that like represents like you know peace, happiness, and um, more specifically, you know, and mercy. And mercy, yes, exactly. And it's been yep. sucked out of that house. And, you know, and he's put flowers in his throne room. He's surrounded himself with all these flowers to, like, remember the life that he had and remember his lost love or, you know, or lots of there's lots of layers or just to like to indicate his peacefulness and his mercy, which is another turnaround that yeah. Rat kind of got mentioned that, like, you, you everyone keeps hyping up Asgore as this ultimate, like, power figure, including Toriel, who tells, like, Asgore's going to kill you and take your soul. <laughs> and and then yeah. you meet him and just the turnaround of like, first of all, he's lovely, he's cute, he's adorable, and just like how little he wants to do what he's doing and how he has to do what he's doing for, for his people. Um it's just wonderful visual storytelling. Um and just storytelling in general, in my opinion. Um so yeah. So yeah, the visuals that are that or go ahead. There's also when you're like going into that castle, if you like before you go into his throne room, if you keep going to the right, there's that like basement that you go into that has yes, all of the, the other souls that he's captured in it. Yeah. 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 So this game does a lot with very little um visually. Um and I you know, that to me is the mark of skill or talent. Um to me more yep. so than I mean, beautiful graphics are beautiful. Like, I mean, I don't want to detract from people who do, you know, make whose goal is just to make really cool, beautiful, overwhelming things. That's cool, too. But, um, yeah, working within a small confines, I think, is, yeah, you know, impressive. Um, and there's also like just all these little charming touches in it, too. Like, um, like, you know, like Napsta Blook's house, yes. like, looks like <laughs> him and it's like sad and leaning over, <laughs> yeah, or like. You go to uh, Undyne's house and it's it's like such a her house. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's like a gi- giant fish skull. <laughs> and it, it's so cool. Um, he uses that to like tell you the environments to tell you so much about the characters who live in them sometimes. I know 100%. And also with Napsta Bluke's house, like the fact that there's a sister house right next to it. And it's not explained what mm-hmm. it is. And then if you do, if you dive deep, you learn that like he had a sister and Alpha stole her from Metaton. Anyway, it's a whole thing. Um, there's a lot of visual. The, the visuals do a lot of work with so little resources. And I think they did a great job. Um, Absolutely. So when I said they're the weakest part of the game, that was not <laughs> me saying they were not excellent. Let me be clear. They are excellent. And that's and they are still the weakest part of this game, I think. Uh, or the least like standout part of this game. Um, that's what I think, at least personally. But um Yeah. So 
I love the visuals of the game, um, even if they're not particularly impressive. Um, any other thoughts on the visuals or the looks of this game or the visual design of this game? Oh, uh, no. How does this game sound, guys? As Dunky would say, masterpiece. Masterpiece, yeah. It's it, incredible. Exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, the music is so good in this game like there's not a lot like i i like video game music that's usually what i listen to and this is like one of my go-to soundtracks this one and delta rune i love the music from both of them um uh he just like has such an incredible way with using music one like it just captures you when it's so good but also like it captures the exact feeling that he wants. Um, I don't know. It's it's just one of the best soundtracks ever for me, for my money. Yeah, um, it is. It, I'm going to let y'all uh, kind of talk. The, 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 I have a lot to say about the music in this game. Um, <laughs> did anyone? Keep- I can't say I have much to say about it. it. It's great, and I don't really know what else... <laughs> what else to say about it. I mean, almost every song is good yeah um you know even like the areas like you know the music and snowed in it like it sets the mood and you know hotlands and like wherever it's uh i think it's just good and yeah yeah, I, I don't, don't think like the fight songs are good. Like it looks like everything's good. Yeah, I think the I think the general sound of the game itself is meh. There's nothing really to ride home about on just oh in general the sounds and noises. <laughs> um I would love to hear you change my mind on that one, but we'll see. <laughs> but the music in particular, yeah, the music is yeah, I can the music is uh, incredibly well done. It, you can tell it was extremely methodically crafted. Every track drives home a very specific point and specific feelings and how it was composed, um, even using the limitation of those, uh, albeit complex, uh, like, polyphonic sounds or whatever that is that they used um the tracks are all so so distinct and unique and really really fun and then what makes what really makes the 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 music in this game so next level is how they not only how every track is designed to 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 push you in a certain uh to push your mind in a certain way, like to, to drive home the feeling of an area or a character or the intensity of a fight, um, but how they manipulate the tracks and change them in such a methodical way to drive home very, very different deep levels of uh, essentially how you're playing through the game and then how it's changing mm-hmm. your psyche and then how the music is changing with that. And it's all, everything's so deliberate and methodically done in such a well way. A well way. Nothing is nothing is uh, haphazardly made when it comes to the music in this game. Yeah. So definitely, hundred um, percent. If I last episode we talked about Zelda, 
talked about Ocarina of Time. And I think one of the points that came up was that, like, the music in that game, and Zelda games in general, uh, oh, quick caveat, I realized after we, after I listened to that episode that a lot of the music that we love so much from that game came from A Link to the Past, so shout out to <laughs> A Link to the Past for being the original writers of a lot of those songs, but whatever, I experienced them first through Ocarina of Time. <laughs> uh, like, Steve even said that one time, I think with the Master Sword, he was like, well, I think it's in A Link to the Past. I was like, whatever. But yeah. <laughs> I went back, and a lot of those songs are in a link to the past, which is also in our, uh, an amazing. Hey, game. we never we said go. we were professionals. Yeah, so. exactly. You get what you pay for. Um, <laughs> we should put that as the tagline for the fucking show. You get what you pay for. Go games. You get what you pay for. <laughs> um, so okay, but if Zelda, again, I, I think we kind of talked about how the music in Zelda feels like almost like transcendent. It feels like so much of the rest of that game in Ocarina of Time feels like mythic it feels like like exactly what these things like sounded like for all of time like lawn lawn ranch sounds like like it is just the the quintessential like chill hangout play i think like hyrule castle town sounded so much like a renaissance fair like fun and so if anything i feel like undertale's music to me strikes me as like the antithesis whereas in a good way. It's like the polar opposite. It feels so personal. It has so much like individuality and personality. Like, which again, I feel like this is kind of like all throughout this game of like you're feeling so much of what Toby, Toby Fox, who seems like a really goofy, weird, but like emotional dude. Like the, mm-hmm. the parts that are emotional hit really emotionally. They're, you know, often pretty simple melodies, but like extremely potent. And the parts that are fun and goofy, like a lot of like, like I, th- I think back to like Metatons theme, um, and how it's just like <laughs> it captures this like weird fucking like glamour, <laughs> like like obsessed <laughs> robot. <laughs> Alphys's theme, and just like how like like. Ex- like just like uh, quixotic and how like uh, over the top like excited she gets about everything it's just weird a lot of the music just feels kind of strange it feels appropriate for what's happening and appropriate mm-hmm. for the world but it feels so personal like I-, I think if you took this soundtrack to like a triple a game even if you gussied up the the midi tracks that they use like it would just they would be like it's not it's almost like not generic enough <laughs> like well it so we literally have an sort of an example of that because he did some of the music for some of the newer Pokemon games. Oh, he did. And I'll be real, it's so underwhelming. Really? Um, I did not know this. Which, yeah, so they they hired him to do tracks because they knew like he did like a couple it's like the Battle Tower theme in Sword and Shield, I think. Um and like they're not bad, but they just sound like generic Pokemon music. Right. He's such a talented musician. Like this game and Deltarune both, he knocks it out of the park so hard. And it, to me is sort of like one of those examples of like how big a difference it makes when you let an artist make music 
or whatever their art is freely of their own accord right. for, versus they're making it for whatever corporate reason and have to follow the rules and make it fit in with whatever the committee of Pokemon said was the thing, you know? Yeah. Um, it's it's almost like he needs a passion project. And this, I mean, this game yeah. is to me the definition of a passion project. Like uh, his fingerprints are just all over it. Um, like, you know, you, like, and some, some, you know, artists can work in a group and work in a corporate setting and still make like awesome things. I mean, like, you know, John Williams has made like movies, the like iconic music and soundtracks for like the biggest blockbusters of all time. And people aren't like, oh, he's a hack. I mean, I don't know, maybe contra- <laughs> maybe contrarians are, but like, but it's almost just like he, because he's not a musician by trade. He essentially learned how to do music for Undertale is my understanding of the, of the <laughs> you know, mythic origin story of Toby Fox. That, that may not be entirely true, but um, he's not a musician by trade. Um, It's just that he has to have the music pour out of him, you know, like. You know, like there's a difference between someone who a songwriter writing things for them and then someone who's like a professional composer, someone who can like, you know, where you can come to them and be like, okay, I have this game. This is the mood. This is the setting. Can you make me feel that? Like, you know, that's a different talent than someone who just pours themselves out of into like, you know, into like their music or art. And I feel like the Undertale is just a really great example of that musically. Yeah. So I was going to. I don't know exactly why this reminded me of this, but like, it's also very video gamey music. Mm -hmm. And I think it was because you were saying like how he had learned to make music for this game. And it reminded me because do you know where the first occurrence of Megalovania is? Isn't it in one of his ports, his ROMs or something? It's in Halloween hack. Hell yeah. It's the final boss fight music in Halloween hack. like i don't know because usually when people make rom hacks most of the time that is like music that you ported from another game um so i don't know for certain but like it's it's a much weirder composition but it's very clearly megalovania Hmm. in um in halloween hack um but it's just like i don't know it's it's kind of a cool little origin story of his like music and it it just reminds me of how like the 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 music in this game i feel like leans into the fact that it's a game right yeah. like even the characters in the game tell you like some of them at least know that they're inside of a video game um and i feel like the music does too in a lot of ways which is part of what makes it so perfect is because the game knows it's a game and it's going to give you game music and yeah but it it just works so beautifully. And the game knows it's a game. It, the fact that it's a game and knows it's a game is suffused throughout the entire like experience, including the music. Yeah. Um, and while some games like know they're a game, it's like <laughs> a wink. Like, isn't that just, like, it's just like a gimmick and, or, or it's just mm-hmm. a joke. This game uses the fact that it knows it's a game, which I'll get to with storytelling incredibly potently. Um, 
Yep. So, um, but one thing I, I want, I want to talk about the music really quick. Um, I'll try and get through this. Amelia just want to bring attention to this other, this creator, um, the, uh, whose article or blog is fantastic. If you are a fan of undertale or just music or music composition or video games, um, this, this person's name is Jason. You, uh, I'm trying to scroll up to get, make sure I'm getting his name right. Jason M U Y U. I highly recommend this article where he breaks down the power of like what's called light motif, which is, uh, basically when, when a person place or thing has a, has a, like a motif associated with it hmm. or them, um, in undertale. And so I'm going to just mention some highlights of just like, however you feel about the music itself to again, kind of like the visual element. Toby just has a, pulse on making you feel what he wants you to feel with every resource available to him um so uh, the game is incredibly what you don't realize about this music if you're not paying attention is that you're hearing this very like the same things over and over and over again he's using these same themes and weaving them in different ways, weaving them in and out of each other, putting them with different instrumentation, different time signatures, different speeds, different everything to just uh, kind of create this cohesive vision. So like it, it, the, the statistic was like there's like like 100 and some odd tracks or something, only like 14 of which are completely original and not elsewhere in the game. Um, so um, uh, a couple I wanted to point out Asgore's theme, for instance. Is the same has the same battle music as um, Toriel's. It's just at a different tempo. Also, elements of Undyne's theme and Asgore's theme because he trained Undyne. Um, and in Asgore's, all of this is just in one boss fight theme. There's also the theme of the, um, of the, of the save music when you die, because Asgore is the one who's telling you to stay determined. And so in one theme, he ties three different disparate elements into like this one character of Asgore. Um, it's not the only time he does that. So in my opinion, again, one of the most potent scenes in the game period is when you come to the house at the end. That is um, Asgore's house. And it's also like a mirror image of Toriel's. The music in there, it's the music is called Undertale. That's the name of that song. Like, he, like he picked that mm -hmm. song to be like, this is like, and it's like, it's it's worthy of that title of the game. It's worth holding the whole weight of the title of the game. So the main theme of Undertale, um, you hear it from the first intro. It's literally the first thing it plays at you. Like, dum bum 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 bum, um, plays throughout the whole game. Um, and kind of indicates like a feeling of like home and like being like, like, like kind of like, like peace. Um, 
It plays it. I, I believe a version of it plays in um, Toriel's house. And then the other theme, the uh, there's um, like anyway, no one wants to hear me scat it, but you <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, plays. Um, the first time it plays is um, in the caves. If you if you have to do it, they're almost like a, like a little puzzle, like a side quest. And it's how you get an umbrella, uh, and it, it's a side quest. Um, and um, the Jason Yu again. I'm, I'm pulling very heavily from his article. Please go read it. Go. I think you can donate to him. It's a. It's one of. The, it's a fantastic analysis of video game music. Um, he, you know, he. It, it's kind of like tied to like compassion and kindness, like sharing your umbrella with someone's like this really intimate, kind thing you can do for like a really simple gesture. And so the Undertale theme, when you arrive at Asgore's house, it's this it's this final like blend of these two themes that come to represent like home and peace and compassion. And during it, you're getting like this the the story from like the monsters of like why this matters to them and what's I can like what's happening. And they tell you they're Undertale. <laughs> they tell you the tale of Undertale. <laughs> um It's just beautiful. And it's also the only song that has physical instrument I, everything else is midi like on a keyboard but that's a live guitar like recorded mm. and you can hear it like if you listen with headphones you can hear them plucking the strings you can hear that it's just everything about it just feels like home and just feels like compassion and feels like i don't know it's just it just tugs at your heartstrings borderline emotionally manipulative and it's just like <laughs> effective um Megalovania just kicks ass. That song comes out, and I guess it. I guess because it's from another game, it feels like it's from like it feels different than everything else before mm -hmm. it. And the sands, and it's just like yeah, it's the yeah. perfect final cherry on top. Fighting sands is that song. Um, so anyway, that's yeah. my rant about the music. Well, going on what you were saying about the way that he uses those motifs too, just like a short point because it's not a Delta Rune podcast, but he carries forward some of those melodies into Delta Rune, which is a game that it very clearly and repeatedly references back to Undertale. So it's just like a cool example of even in his work going forward, he's like still calling back to Undertale. And, you know, like Undertale <laughs> calls back to his work before Halloween hack in that way with Megalovania. Yeah. Um, I don't remember the music so. from Delta Rune. I played Delta Rune, but I don't. I need to go back and I need to play it again or just listen to music from it. I yeah. highly recommend it. The first time I played it, it did not impress me that much. But the second time I played it, I just absolutely oh, nice. fell in love cool, with cool, it. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, um, I, I just yeah. like these are all just like one continuation of like a single person. Like, and, and I don't know, they feel to me intimate like that. And yeah, it shows through the music. It shows for the fact that the music keeps referencing itself. Like, 
it's just a guy. It's just it's just this guy's world. And I don't know. Um, it's really effective, in my opinion. Um, so anyway, sure. that's my rant about the music. Um, does anybody else have any other thoughts about the music or the cues? Right? I mean, the actual like sound cues are fine. I guess <laughs> he just smugly <laughs> took a sip from his soda. <laughs> he, I think he uses the sound cues in cute ways, though. You know, like with oh, the annoying true. dog, for example. Yeah. Just goes, you know, there's just like these fun little like bits. It's you know, it's not impressive. It's not astounding. You know, it's not like impressive in the way that like right, mr yeah. x chasing you around in resident evil 2 is is impressive but like it's cute and charming it's in the same way that everything he does is um, cute and charming hey you know what i want to say about the music is the absence of voice acting uh, i actually like that because then you can give each yeah. character their own little yeah. voice on stream <laughs> on stream or in your head like again like, there's the or in more your head. you can yeah, make a whatever. player or listener or like reader do, which reading is all in your head. The more you can make them do in your head, the, I feel like the more rich and intimate the experience will be. Because um, nothing can beat the human imagination in terms of like making people feel things. I, I yeah, like I had so many people yell at me because I would read like yeah. papyrus. It's his voice, and and people would get pissed right. at me. That's not what he sounds like. How the fuck do you know? Yeah, because people get attached. You know, like it's weird hearing people like, yeah. yeah. Um, They're like, he's got a raspy voice. It's like, what? No, he doesn't. He's just like this silly guy or whatever. He has an Irish accent. What? Okay. People said people said that I made him sound like Macho uh, Man Randy Savage. Oh gosh. Hell yeah. <laughs> Which I guess, to be fair, yeah. was a little. Yeah, bit, but I mean, but. hey, that's who he is. That's your head cannon. And I would try to do it right now, but I have to like look at him. Oh, so, like uh, you know, I, if I only there's a way to look at images instantly at in the modern world. If there, there's <laughs> not on my laptop, not on my laptop. <laughs> there's a reason I'm not <laughs> yeah, the guy true. in the chair. <laughs> um, We're lucky I'm even here true. right now. Um, <laughs> Okay. Anything else about the music or sound from Undertale? I, I, Rob's right. They, they use they use audio cues to be like so funny. Like <laughs> just a random one. Like when you're in the um, uh, waterfall area and there's like these little light mushrooms you have to touch to get them to turn on. And it's just mm-hmm. like a little squeak. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like it, it's super simple. Like it's nothing impressive. It's just <laughs> like yeah. why? Why'd you do that? It's cute. It's fun. Um, which si- yeah. go ahead. I remembered one other musical thing that I remembered. I knew I yeah, wanted to it. like point out is this, that like one little moment where you go to visit naps, the book in his house and yes! you listen to music with him, <laughs> And then you like lay down on the floor. And then if you sit there long enough, the like it fades away and you're just sitting in this galaxy, listening yeah. to music with him. Um, it's like, it, it's a really cool moment and it doesn't like, do anything for the story but it doesn't have to it's just this like moment of reprieve and like kind of the game pointing out like hey you can use music in this way is just like an escape into a beautiful yeah. place you no, know I, actually so later in the story i was gonna say like ask you guys what are some of your favorite moments if you had any and that was on my list too like it's just so good and so like it doesn't do anything <laughs> like that that moment just exists because like toby fox thought it would be fun and cool to do like you know what i mean like that could never make it yeah 
pat that can never happen in a, like a non-indie title really like like you know like fucking you know starfield isn't gonna do that <laughs> i don't know <laughs> whatever uh, um <laughs> yeah it's just it's just the mood and feelings of this like one of this guy <laughs> and yeah and that in the music there is great like you just like zone out just becomes this like ethereal pad like underneath like everything and you just literally start to see like stars in space like i think he even says like an absolute even says like <laughs> sometimes when i'm bored i just like to lie on the ground and feel like trash or something like he says something like that yeah <laughs> <laughs> It is. It's funny because you can listen to his other CDs. They don't no, sound great. nearly as good. But that's like, um, they kind of. Some of them remind me of like the Dungeon Man music um, from from Earthbound. They're not like as bad as the Dungeon <laughs> well, Man they're music. They're spooky. Like they're like random, like spooky sounding things, which I love. Yeah. True. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. It's. It's great. I, uh, one thing the music does really well, and this is the power of music in general, but. Again, going back to that super serious thing that I was talking about, like at the end with the gray house, like that moment kind of comes out of nowhere. Like the game is like not very heavy or serious or emotional. And then on a heel turn, I think, which the music helps with all of a sudden you're transported to this like emotionally heavy scene. And I think that he pulls that off one with the power of the music that he uses. And also because like, and this kind of is going to bleed into storytelling, but like he, you don't realize you're caring about these characters until the game reminds you or tells you that you do like the game doesn't try to set up these like super emotional moments. You just get to know these characters and you're just hanging out. And then just like, it just builds up all of this like goodwill and rapport with you. And then it just fucking hits you like a ton of bricks with that. Like I starting, I think at that moment and then all throughout the ending of the pacifist route. And then you know, we'll get into the genocide route later, but yeah. And so, yeah, I don't know. It's just the music, the music does so much to you in so many different places um, in this game. So, yeah. All right. Any, any other thoughts? Even like no, oh, one, one last night. thing with uh, even like with genocide, even with genocide, like when you yes, kill thank you for bringing that up. I totally stops. forgot. Yes, yeah, it's because like the music thing, is like yeah. slow and plodding and boring and terrible. And then when you succeed in killing everyone in an area, there is no more music. Uh, you're literally sucking yep. the joy out of the game. The ge- it's so good. It's so good. Like, um, <laughs> yeah. And then you get the remixed version of Undyne's fight, and it's like more epic and more heroic because. When you do the genocide route, you are the giant evil that the hero is using the power of friendship to over- overcome. And it's it's good. It's so great. It's so awesome. incredible yeah okay let's any other thoughts on sound or music in the game like i, I will talk about undertale all night so i uh, you know we're on y'all's time as far as i'm concerned <laughs> no great okay um <laughs> let's talk about gameplay really quick or for a long time <laughs> um one or the other um <laughs> had y'all fun playing this game how does this, how does this game play how does it feel to play this game 
It's uh it's pretty it's pretty enjoyable. Um I think they did an incredible job at the way they designed the combat system is so unique and I think they have so much variety in types of attacks and ways to fight different things you dodge, how you dodge them. Uh, it, there's so much variety that I was extremely impressed with how well they formulated the combat. And then you, you know, that's, that's the dodging system essentially. And then there's the actual way you do combat, which how they did the mercy and the attack system was really, really neat in, um, you know, it, having conversations and finding out which conversation point is going to get the other, you know, the, the enemy to lose the will to want to f- continue to fight so that you can then have mercy or debuff them. Or sometimes you buff them based on how you're talking. But I, I was extremely impressed with the, with the variety of ways they were able to make the, the combat mini games. It was, it was pretty neat. Yeah. Yeah, I think unique is definitely the right term yeah. to use between the, f- the mercy and the, you know, just straight up fighting and even like the dodging system, like you were saying, like the the fusion of a turn based game and a bullet hell game is such a like cool so idea, um, and I think it it's one of those places where like the game is such an improvement on its inspiration earthbound because like earthbound, yes. that was one of our big criticisms is like the combat in that is so boring and it sucks. Um, but like undertale gives you so many active things to be doing both in terms of like you were saying, like mentally engaging with the various parts of like, how do I talk to this character? Um, and also like the, that like, twitch bullet hell dodge everything that's incoming uh type thing that it's doing you know yeah it, it's it, I, I think it's um, so fun and kind of like what q was saying is that like the amount of variety he squeezed out of this mechanic um is so, yep. so fun i mean the only thing that my only criticism would be like like okay so one thing i like about I uh, some part I partially wish that pacifist route kind of had a similar aspect as genocide route, which is whenever you spare someone, they kind of go away. Because my only criticism is like a lack of enemy variety in the different areas. Um, because like you mm-hmm. do kind of get used to their patterns and they kind of become rote. Um, but one yeah. thing I love about the gameplay, specifically at the talking about the pacifist route or just sparing people, because you can spare people without being full on pacifist. Oh, we should have mentioned this. Dear baby listener, if you've never played this game, you can either you can choose to kill, spare, or um <laughs> anybody. And there's like you get to, I, I mentioned this in the intro, but there's different story elements if you do if you do that in different amounts. And pacifist route refers to sparing everyone in the game that you can, and genocide route means that you literally kill everyone in that world. So if you've heard us saying that, like they keep them around the word genocide really like haphazardly, like that's why. <laughs> um, or pacifist or whatever. Um so, like, in the pacifist route, um, uh, you know, I, I, the, the puzzle figuring out what people need or want and trying to spare them is such a f- 
great idea, I think. Um, and it's harder because you're never ki- like if you kill people, like their bullets go away. Like if you have a group of enemies, as you kill them, the the amount of bullets on the screen goes down. Um, so you're rewarded for killing them, and yeah. that like it gets easier. So pacifist route is like the hard way in that the hard route in that in that sense. Um, but in order to do them, and the other element on your screen is you can talk to them. And the game is like literally inviting you that in order to do this, you have to get to know them. You have to get to know your enemy. You have to empathize with your enemy. Like it turns like the idea of just turning a random encounter with a random like mook or random, um, a random like bad guy into this like dialogue of getting to know somebody. It's so effective. And then when Mm -hmm. the game uses that, for the one, for like the one-two punch with the story at the end, like it is just the. I don't know why more games haven't done it. It's just like the best way to get you invested in the world and get invested into the characters is just talking to them. Like I don't know, like I, someone could. I'm not saying I'm suggesting <laughs> someone completely rip off Undertale system because they would be accused of ripping off Undertale system. But like I feel like you could like take elements of it and use it. In other ways, and it's frustrating that you I haven't seen that very much. Um, like whenever hmm. I see someone grokking Undertale, it's usually like whenever I see someone kind of like you know like when I see games compared to Undertale, it's usually because of the humor or the art style or it's meta or whatever. And I feel like it just completely misses the soul of Undertale, which is making you care about the characters. It's like um, it's kind of like how everyone compares like everything to Dark Souls, but like. It's like the twee of Dark Souls or something. I don't know. (laughs) Um. (laughs) Well, I think what this game does in such a masterclass way with the combat, if if you go if you go the mercy route and you're trying to have open dialogue and interact and get to know your enemy, what they do so so well is through the combat, they are visually showing you what it looks like for the enemy to lose the the will to hurt you. Yep. So as you breach further and further into dialogue, their attacks grow mm-hmm. weaker or they will outright swirl around you. It'll be raining bullets down the screen that you have to dodge. And the further you go into that combat system by having dialogue with them, you'll start to see their bullets essentially curving around you and then you don't even have to move. And they do that with several characters or several different fights. And it's it's a really, really powerful way to, sh- to show the effect of what you're doing verbally and seeing it on the screen. And then you can essentially end the fight. It's really neat. And it's it's good to not just in the fights, but like out of the fights at like teaching you the lesson it's trying to tell you. Because I would guess most if you go into this game blind, you probably accidentally do the neutral route, Um, which like I remember the first time I played this. I, I'd watched Donkey's video, so I had kind of the idea that you could like spare some characters, but I didn't realize you could spare every character. So there were characters, like, I killed Toriel, mm-hmm. I killed Undyne, or like one that it's like a, such a silly little one, you know, those like the f- troop of like four different yeah. dogs that you run into. And I remember I'd killed, I'd figured out how to save some of them, but not others. And then you like go to Grillby's bar later and like you're at that table and some of the dogs are missing and they're like sad that the other dogs aren't Horrendous. there. Um, which is like, yeah, it, it makes you feel so terrible. Um, 
But it also is like the game pointing out to you like, hey, your decisions here had a weight. And, you know, like, does that make you want to change the way that you move yeah. through the rest of this game? Um, which is really yeah. beautiful. Um, again, just like everything else, like the the everything serves the story and serves to like teach you this granted not a very complicated lesson but this like lesson that like people never fully learn of just like be kind to each other and like just like you know like everything serves that and including the gameplay um and kind of what q was saying like i I was going to talk about that kind of element that you talked about q but like with the with but frame it in the story but (laughs) i love it that like with naps to blue because this kind of like depressive like ghost like at one of his attacks he literally like it just rather than attack you text pops up in the attack box that says i'm just not feeling up to it right now i'm sorry it's like it's like, see, the, like, like the game uses the attacks to like frame what the characters are feeling and thinking which changes based on what you're doing mm-hmm. it's so good like nothing else does that yeah. Can you imagine god of war if you're attacking a draugr and then the draugr just like loses the will to fight like i mean like not every game needs to do that it would be annoying in a lot of games i don't think every game should Mm -hmm. be like this emotional like tear jerking like but think about your think about the monster sometimes (laughs) you just want to fucking kill monsters but like it's a breath of fresh air and again to see a game using every element that it can to make you feel things and make you think about what you're doing um yeah, and so yeah, it's just it's so cool, um, and it's fun. Like I, I, I legitimately think the bullet hell. If you take away all the emotional elements out of it, it's still fun. Like I, I think it's just a, a fun game mechanic. Yeah. Um, that they squeeze a lot of life out of. Uh, for sure, and like some of the fight, especially like the Sands fight, is so oh hard. Gosh. It is so fucking hard. But I was still having fun the entire time that I played it, partially just because Megalovania yeah. slaps. But, like, also, it was legitimately fun to play it again and again and figure out, like, here's what I need to do for this attack. Here's what I need to do for this attack. Which is, like, part of the the mechanic for this game is you're dodging the enemy's attacks and you need to learn their patterns and learn, like, here's how I deal with this one so that I don't die to it. Um yeah um which yeah it's great platforming in a game that's not a platformer <laughs> like it's some of the most challenging platforming <laughs> like that fight is some <laughs> yeah. of the most challenging platforming i've ever encountered and this game's not a platformer like um i the, the only weak at gameplay aspect that comes to mind is the puzzles are like really mediocre mm. at best i mean the game doesn't yeah they don't they're just simple i feel like they're almost meant to be a joke though well because half the puzzles are actually yeah. a joke that they either you yeah. know, and then you yeah. then you go yeah. the Pyrus ones or whatever. You go the genocide route, and they're just like, ah, Flowey's going to do them all for you, and you don't have to do any yeah. of the puzzles. <laughs> they're just like, you, you don't need to waste your time yeah. with this. And then most of Papyrus's puzzles are just busted. It's so, they so don't heartbreaking. Work. That's one of the most heartbreaking parts of genocide is watching Papyrus try to get you to do the puzzles, and you just re- refuse. Like that makes me sadder because <laughs> you watch you watch Sans get sad. Yeah. He's like, hey, could you like? Encourage my brother a little bit. He'd really it's like this. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, the um, I forgot what I was gonna say. That's what I'm gonna say. Oh, fuck. Well, it's gone. Um, oh man, I had something. I had some profound thing I was gonna put out into the world. I forgot what it was. Shit. Oh well, it's gone. Uh, yeah. This game's. This game is fun. This game is. It's so good. Um, yeah. 
I love the gameplay of this game. I, it's great. Um, anything else about the gameplay, guys? Because I think the next, I think the next block is going to take a significant amount of time because it's kind of the point of this game is the story and characters and and storytelling of this game. Yeah, I I got a couple things. Um, one, just did y'all have a favorite boss fight? Um, uh, probably. I mean, ironically, I didn't play it the second time, but I think Sans is just. I mean, it's an obvious choice. It's a boring choice. But my reasons yeah. for it are not like uh, I mean, I'm going to get into it when we talk about the genocide route. But yeah, that's the the Sans fight is iconic for so many reasons. It's so good. I think Sans that's is really the good. most fun boss fight. I don't know if it was. It might be my favorite. I don't know. I really re- and it it may have just been the music, but the night that I first encountered Miss Muffet, oh, the yeah. spider. I fucking loved that fight. I loved it so much. I just thought it was so much damn fun. Um, that is one of my favorites too. And part of the reason that I asked this, if you play on the Switch, there's a secret boss who uses a Switch-exclusive version of the Muffet mechanic where your heart is divided into two pieces. So one piece is red and one piece is blue for each of is the that Joy-Cons. The Mew Mew boss? You have to... Or what? That yeah, yes. possible doll. Yeah, it's it was actually really fun. Um, it's a really fun mechanic. I I absolutely loved it, and it uses all because it like is a variation on the Muffet fight in terms of mechanics. It also has a variation of the Muffet music. Oh, nice! I gotta um, play that. Yeah, it's really cool. cool. I, I I never even did the Muffet fight because I always gave her. There wasn't there like a spider donut you can like give her to like completely avoid the fight. So you have to fight her either way, but the fight stops earlier if you bought a donut because oh, her spiders okay. show up partway through mm-hmm. and go like, oh hey, here's the receipt. You bought the donut earlier in the game because the did one not that know you that. can. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, she like attacks I didn't know that you. either until my chat told me. Huh. <laughs> yeah. My chat told me to do it. So <laughs> nice. That's great. Yeah. That's awesome. I watched yeah. a I watched a video um of people going through all the secret bosses because some of them are console exclusive or whatnot. Um mm-hmm. and <laughs> did, are y'all familiar with the what's his name? So sorry. Um Yes, he yeah, was there's a so whole, like, fucking funny. I just thought that boss fight. I don't know if I particularly, I didn't <laughs> particularly like the fight, but he was just hilarious because he's just this bumbling guy who gets in your way, and the whole fight, he's like, "Oh, I'm so sorry. Let me fix this for you." And like, he turns around and his tail comes and swing at your head. Like, he doesn't mean any harm, <laughs> but he's just clumsy and in the way, and it's it's really funny. <laughs> I love. There's one of the enemies that. um it's not a it's not a secret boss, but it's kind of a, a similar energy. It's just this guy that like no one wants to have around. I can't remember which one it is, but like, like is it the airplane his, like, who gets in your way? Thunder? No, Sunder that's the one who's like has like a crush on you. I think right. Yeah. But he starts because it's like, like a play on a Sundere. Yeah, and, like he doesn't really want to. He's just in the way because he's such a big plane. <laughs> like he's coming at you. <laughs> but there's one who's like. Such and such clogged the toilet. <laughs> like, okay, like he just does all these like annoying things. He's like standing around breathing heavily. <laughs> it's like I don't know. Like, it's just like I don't know. The characters are so so fun. Like there's, I didn't even yeah. know there were secret boss fights. To be honest, so you like half the things you guys are like telling me. I'm just like, 
I didn't even know this was in the game. <laughs> They're hard to find. There's a whole like secret mythos to this game with like yeah. um yeah. Gaster or whatever. Like there's like assets in the game that are like are like all you can only use get to with like hacking, but they have like dialogue. Like he built in these like crazy hard to find Easter eggs. I don't know all the lore about it. The lore goes deep. Yeah, it, it's yeah. I mean there's all these fan theories that um the uh like that it's all uh, the sands is actually from earthbound and stuff. And that several of the characters are actually like teleported from earthbound and stuff. Like there's a whole, there's a lot of like deep, you, you, the undertale iceberg goes really deep. Um, which I don't know if we'll cover here cause I don't know a whole lot about it. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of hidden things in the game. Um, so, but yeah, uh, it's, uh, Steve, did you ever say your favorite boss fight? I don't think you did. I, I, I just kind of agreed with you with like Sans. Yeah. Because it's just like, I don't know. It was on my top 10 list for it was. Eat Sleep List. It was on Eat Sleep List. Yeah. <laughs> and I would also give a shout out to Asriel, who was on my top 10 for the for the Eat Sleep List. Um, yes. Yeah, that is right. Because um, Asriel, that fight is just like, it's the most emotional fight I've ever seen in any media for me. Sans is too in a different way, which we'll, we can talk about in a bit. But like that Asriel fight, when. Uh, it's so good. It's a masterpiece. I like the Undyne fight a lot too. Yeah, Undyne's fun. Undyne is almost just as hard as Sans. Yeah, well, I mean, not not. I mean, I guess not. But like Undyne is like underratedly difficult. Yeah. So well, especially yeah, the, the genocide route Undyne. I was yeah. I like it took me like hours to beat her. Like I ugh, shouldn't. Ugh, it was so annoying. Ugh, she ugh. was so hard. Someone stole your car. Yeah, exactly. Like I made up the whole stealing my car thing. I just said that to get away. I was like, uh, oh, someone stole my car. I need a break. <laughs> yeah, I need a break. Bye. <laughs> I know I said I wasn't gonna end stream till I beat her, but oh no, oh, someone no. stole my car. <laughs> someone stole my car. What are the odds? Yeah. So. Um, uh, okay, anything else about the gameplay, guys? So I guess one other thing I was going to say, which I think is a good bridge between gameplay and story, is the way that Toby Fox really likes to set an expectation and then break that expectation. And he does that in like stories and jokes constantly, but also in the gameplay, too, where there will be things... For example, like the they, like it sets up at the start of the game, like here is this little box and you move around within it, but then he'll fuck around with that sometimes yeah. and like the box changes on you or stuff just moves in ways that you're not expecting. Or even like in the Sands fight is yeah. a great example. The fact that suddenly you can get attacked while you're in the menu, which has never happened to you that before was yeah, the entire so game. It took me, it took me probably 30, <laughs> 30 different playthroughs, like different times redoing that before I realized what the heck was hurting me. Before I noticed yeah. the bones down there, it took me so long to even notice the that. bone zone. The flavor text even says, "Like reading this is probably not the best use of your time right now." Yeah, and also, uh, like at the end of the sands fight, like in order to kill him, uh, you have to like move the box, which is no something yeah. like, you've never done before. Yeah. Um, I also love how the game, like most of it, are jokes; they're not actual mechanics, but. Mm -hmm. It just plays with other types of games. Like like I, yeah. there's like a dating sim like in it. There's like a yeah. um, there's a cooking sim like in it. There's all these things that are like not that I mean they're mostly a just snail racing sim. Snail sim, yeah. <laughs> that are like they're not actually like most of them are just jokes, but like mm -hmm. it's just such a love letter to video games in general. It's just such a yep. love letter to like 
yeah, if you grew up playing video games, especially at the ages that you know we roughly are, this game will like it just has so much to like say to you. It's just it's great. It's awesome. <laughs> um, I want to mention one it could be just because you mentioned the dating sims. There is one moment in the game and it is the cooking session with Undyne. I think that whole yeah. segment perfect this this is the one time I will uh, I will say that I think the generic sound effects of just the game uh-huh. were masterfully done because the sounds of the game, the music and the visuals all work perfectly together in such an incredible, powerful way that that entire segment is so much fun. The way how Undyne so is so powerfully rough with everything. And it's the sound effects <laughs> of like her slamming her spear into the table, like, please sit down. It's the battle and then sound the music, effects. like, blaring up at different moments. All That entire segment is one of my favorite segments in the game because it was just so much fun. For sure. Yeah, it, it's the same sound effect she uses for the battle. Like she's fighting it. Like it's the only thing she understands <laughs> is fighting. So like, she, yeah. Yeah, 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 it's <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Okay, y'all. Um, let's talk about the story of Undertale. How do you feel? I'm actually really curious to hear from Q about this. We don't have to start with you, Q, if you want to wind up, but like. I watched you do genocide and I watched you feel terrible. About, <laughs> so I watched Q beat Sans, which he did on kick. Q's on the, the what I call uh, the, the, slot, side. The, slots for, <laughs> the slots for tots website where kids can go gamble <laughs> is what I call kick. Uh, so Q's on kick now. Um, uh, and I watched him beat Sans. And I watched, I watched his YouTube video. Yeah, I, yeah, and, that you posted. Yeah, and I watched him get sad. I watched the mask, the veil fall <laughs> off of this, like, oh, I'm an <laughs> asshole who doesn't care about things, fall off. And he went, no. And then he re- realized what he where he was. He was like, I don't give a fuck. Like, fuck. It. Like, um. So I just want to kill. I want to give you the chance to be honest and talk about how this game deeply affected you <laughs> emotionally. Here's here's the, my only thing about Sands. Okay, it was only sad because the guy died without fighting. He died after he lost the will to keep keep putting his hands up. And that was really sad. If I killed him, like, mid-attack, I'd be like, yeah, fuck you, Sans. But the dude was like, I'm so beat, I can't even pick my hands up. And then I basically went over and cut his throat. That was really sad. Like, I, I kicked yeah, him all I mean, he was it down. Is. Like, That's the point. <laughs> that's part of the point of, of genocide, is that you're, like, you're a maniacal asshole who doesn't oh care gosh. about anything about, like, fairness or kindness, like... Okay, so here's my thoughts on the story. I'll I'll give it to you short and sweet and raw and dot. Okay. Um, (laughs) So I think in general, so on a surface level, the story is meh. It's okay. It's just a fun little story. You fall. So. It's the final. It's the ending details that make this game hit next level. So my first playthrough, I did the neutral route, and it was, oh, cool, that was fun. Some neat little gimmicks, it got a little meta-y, some of the characters were kind of fun and endearing, and then it was, you convinced me, I said, y'all were like, you need to go back and finish the pacifist route. It's like three or four more hours at most, a couple more hours to basically wrap things up at the end game. 
and you get a different ending. And I was like, is that really that going to be that worth my time? I kind of went back and forth and I decided to do it. And it was, it was those final, like, couple hours of wrapping up the game and go taking the end of the game in a different direction that completely set this game story-wise on a next level um yeah it was so i think in general the story was okay but then where the game really really shines is realizing the 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 terraria levels of mining that you can dig deeper and deeper and deeper into this game where it branches off into so many intentional tiny methodical little details that make it like because the the pacifist route was truly it was it was way 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 better beyond anything that the neutral route was it was such a good turn of events with how it made every single character come to life at that point all the other characters they didn't really come to life in an endearing way that you connected with on the neutral route but it was wrapping up and that last two hours completely changed everything um which is what makes the genocide route so powerful i don't think it would be nearly as powerful if you did not do the pacifist route not even close um oh no yeah but it and then but it it's and then you take the genocide route, which I thought was going to be, okay, maybe I'll be sad that these people are dying because I they I really connected with them in the last hour of my pacifist playthrough. But it wasn't that. It was, it was every single detail, no matter how minute or large, was tweaked and changed in the genocide route to make it so much more powerful how, how your decisions are affecting the world. Between the music altering, being slowed down, the way you view yourself, the way you interact with objects, every single little piece and dialogue changes or is tweaked and skewed in a very, very profound way. I think one of the moments that really hit me on the genocide route where I realized, okay, I'm really enjoying this now, is when you are about to fight Undyne and... Um, and basically you come at that little kid who trips again, like a dumbass Mm -hmm. and (laughs) your entire expression and like, like you realize, oh, my entire character is completely different. I'm not really, it's not that I'm playing them different. My whole character is different in how they were, their facial expressions towards other people are how they slowly take one little step closer to each enemy, every Mm -hmm. monster, like they're in a dialogue and you don't say anything. You just one step. And that is like really powerful and says a lot. Um, Yep. And then the visual language. Yeah. The visual language. Uh, But I mean, so much of the game is, it's not like, so here's, here's where I think this game shines. Uh, Mercy is not a new thing in video games. It it goes way back to mm-hmm. even old Metal Gear games where you could choose to sleep people and do playthroughs without single kills and things like that. But it does not affect you, your character, the world in almost any meaningful way at all. Uh, it changes the entire game, the way characters talk about each other, the way they talk about you. It flips the protagonist and the antagonist. You have become the villain yep. and watching your main enemy in the first playthrough, watching them become 
the the heroine was yeah. awesome. It was the craziest mm-hmm. moment seeing them like, oh, they're the good guy now, fighting for what's right and defending the innocent. It is. I think it was it was great story. Uh, it, and it was it's when you push to that when you push to do the extreme versions of the game is when what makes it great is seeing how deep all the minute details blend together and, and work together to make a completely different game than the first time you play it. Yes. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. A hundred percent. And one of my favorite, just to kind of like bring the, one of my favorite examples of like, things being very different based on what you do it's a, it's a small example there's huge examples like kind of you're talking about like the world and the way things um you know like the fights and i mean there's giant the game changes completely but i love how like there's an I, there's a healing item called like noodles where like you can like <laughs> yes the ramen noodles and, 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 and like based on how you like, it's just a consumable item and it just heals you but the flavor text for like if you do the pacifist route it's like this long you like you're in the middle of a fight like oh my gosh i gotta heal and you heal and it stops the game for like a full like 60 second minute or something because it describes you like you you take out the noodles, you slowly open the packaging, you <laughs> pour some water and into a pot and you uh you heat it up, wait for it to boil and it's, it's boiling now. You you put the noodles in, you you stir the noodles and they're not soft quite yet. And like, it just basically describes you cooking noodles. And then if you do the genocide route, it's, it goes, you bite straight through the packaging. <laughs> like, like, you just chomp. Like, well, um, but yeah, not only game- that, the noodles gave you like six HP at most on when you boil them. Yeah. <laughs> which yeah. the first time I, I used the noodles, I laughed so hard going through that sequence. <laughs> the 30th time... I used the noodles. I was so fucking mad that I had to sit there at at which point I just stopped using them. I'm like that extra HP is not worth it because that was the fight that I was really, really frustrated in chat talking to y'all about fighting Metaton and I didn't have any healing items. Like basically I had like nothing. I didn't really pick up or equip anything. So at that point I was doing that fight with like two healing items and i was so mad and frustrated but then yeah doing the genocide route you tear into that ramen and it's like 100 hp it's like they're better dry (laughs) 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 um but yeah the final moment of so q it's so interesting you talked about the fact that like you almost didn't do pacifist and that's what made the game come alive i have a good friend um named um aaron i won't say it's name but um who he is uh, a friend of mine who is extremely well read he's a principal at a high school he taught literature before that and he's gotten his like master's degree in literature uh, he's just very one of the smartest people i know extremely well read and he doesn't play video games and um he uh <clears throat> um but he's open to it. he's really open-minded to a lot of things like, he's not he doesn't look down on video games at all and like he, you know, we had this conversation. It was like, you know, and I was like, and he was, and he was like, if I wanted to like experience like a video game, like what video game would you recommend? And I gave, I recommended Undertale. Um, of all the video games, like this is the one that like I think does the most with video games because it tells stories. It tells a story only a video game can tell. Um, and he, and he came over and he played it. He played the first 10, 15, 20 minutes or so. Like we went through like the tutorial, which by the way, 
Guys, I don't know if you picked up on this. The reason Toriel's name is Toriel is because she's the tutorial for the game. Just throwing this out there. Um, yeah. <laughs> we played uh, we played a little bit through like the beginning with Toriel, and he's like, okay, yeah, it's fun, um, whatever. And then I didn't hear from him. And he never told me that he beat the game. He beat the game, and he didn't tell me. I think he was kind of like, I, I, I get the impression he was a little bit underwhelmed. He's like, yeah, it was fine. I was like, and he, I found this out like years, like a year later that he actually beat the game after we played it. And he didn't finish the pacifist route. And I straight up told him, I was like, well, then you didn't play the game. Like, if you don't finish <laughs> the pacifist route, like you aren't really experiencing the game. Um, and so I'm very glad you finished the pacifist route, Q, because your opinion wouldn't mean shit if you didn't. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, yeah, the pacifist route is just one of the most effective emotional tugging at your heartstrings thing I've ever experienced. And not only that, like, so this game... The pacifist route. Well, I, I I have several I have several thoughts. I'm trying to get through. So the the pacifist route, like the ending, is just it's emotionally heart wrenching. Like it it just it's so effective. Like when he like when you keep so Azrael absorbs the power of all the people in the thing and becomes like the ultimate being or whatever, and you're fighting him, and you keep using mercy, you keep refusing to fight them, and um and then at the like when you finally reach in and you like you you save him like you save his heart or whatever and you get this flashback of like when Azriel essentially saved the child and befriended the child and then the child which is not you it's a, it's a little confusing um left and died and that is why they're so angry with the world it's a it's a it's a tropey trite. If you examine it like without playing the game, it's nothing like it's not like a master. It's not this incredible like plot twist. It's really like just like it, there's nothing particularly special about it except that like they sell it so well and they sell it in this way that's just like w- with the music with like with the fact that like you've gotten to know all these characters so well throughout the whole game. It's just really a, a simple thing done very well. And one thing I love about that final fight with Azrael is that the the big emotional payoff moment after you see these flashbacks and the music has changed and he's trying to everything to get you to fight him because like he's just angry. Um, he charges up his final attack and like shoots it at you and it's this big laser beam. And if you and like and he keeps hitting you with it. And um, uh. I love it how your health goes from like, he, like, let's say your health's at 20, it drops you to one and then 0.1 and then 0.01 and then 0.0000001 because you refuse to stop trying to save him and you refuse and you just keep your heart refuses. And um, it's such an effective way of using game mechanics and game visual language to, to tell you an emotional thing and to tell you a storytelling element. Whereas like that only that storytelling element only exists in video games. Like you could, if you wrote that in a book, it would like, and you had, then his health meter went from one to point one. To point two. Like, that's like, why do you tell this is dumb? Like in a book, it would just be like, but he pushed on. I, I'm not a writer or whatever, but you know, like, or in a movie, you would just see the character like, no, like whatever. But like it uses video game mechanics to tell a story. Um, and I, you know, games don't ever do that. Games separate gameplay and story typically like, 
Final Fantasy tells these ma- huge, amazing, dramatic stories, but oh, when you get into a fight, you're just fighting the fucking guy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're even if it's like an emotional fight with high stakes in the story, it's just like, yeah, you just swing your sword. It's true. I mean, like, yeah. Um, God of War, like, you, has these, like, cinematic story-driven moments that are extremely cinematic and very effective, but then when you get back to the actual fighting, you're just kind of whacking your blade. You're just, like, you still just kind of, like, attacking. Yeah. You know, um, this game does something that like, video games don't do very often and 100% should because it's unique to video games. <laughs> so one thing that I really love about Toby Fox, and I think that this is actually true. It's true about the kind of central plot element of Halloween hack. It's very true in Undertale. And I think even more true in Delta Rune is that he's so good at writing motivated characters. That's one of those things that I think video games especially are so bad at, is giving characters motivations that explain like why they act in the way that they act and that inform the choices that they make. And I think he is so incredibly good at looking at a character and seeing... And, 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 and having known to himself, like, here's why, you know, like Flowey, you, you like learn why Flowey acts the way that Flowey acts or like Alphys, you learn why Alphys acts the way that they act. And just like you slowly, you meet these characters and at first they're just quirky and weird, but then as you get to know them better and better, you unravel the truth of like what their core motivation is, which to me, I think is part of how he connects you so powerfully to them. Um, is just because, you know, like they aren't just a good guy to be a good guy. They're, there's deeper elements to them. Yeah. Um, and every character gets that treatment because that's yep. the whole pe- name of the game for pacifist route is you're trying to understand that why they're angry, why they're lashing out. And you come to understand them and they you can heal them. You can help. You can build a relationship. And yeah, that, it, it's it's true with the big major fights and with like every little minor fight, you have a chance to like understand this person better. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly, too, because it's like like I don't know. I'm thinking of like Earthbound. And, like, one Mm -hmm. of the complaints we had about Earthbound was, like, yeah, it's super charming in the world and everything, but the characters and, like, the plot and, like, the motivations for, like, why they're doing things isn't really described Mm -hmm. as much as they are in this. Um, Yeah. You know, Earthbound, (laughs) you're kind of just like a kid and the bee comes. It's like, oh, you got to go do the thing. And you're just like, all right. Right. Can I? Yeah, go ahead. Because you brought up Earthbound and specifically like how unmotivated, can I take a second to explain the central conceit of Halloween Hack? Because yeah. it it's such a good example of how Toby Fox makes motivated characters. So spoilers for Earthbound here because th- it's a sequel to Earthbound. At the end of Earthbound, there's this like scientist, Dr. And Donuts, who builds like a time machine so that Ness and his friends can go back in time. And sends them back in time, but they can't go back in their bodies. They have their souls get sent back in time in robot bodies. And Halloween Hack posits this universe in which um, when Ness and his friends went back to the past, it splits the timeline. So one timeline is the one from Earthbound where they all their souls came back to their bodies, but the other timeline 
is the one where their souls never came back to their bodies. And it drives Dr. And Donuts insane. And he is the antagonist of Halloween Hack. And you go to Magicant and explore his mind and the way that, like, the fact that he sent Ness and his friends, one of which was his own son, back in time from his perspective to die in order to save the universe. Um, like, it's Toby Fox taking Earthbound, a game where, like, the characters didn't have really satisfying motivations and like giving this like very concrete, really interesting motivation to the central antagonist. Um, I got to play this. <laughs> yeah, it sounds awesome. It sounds like everything sound I awesome. Earth, yeah. It sounds like it, everything I wanted Earthbound to be because <laughs> I was, I, I think part of my mm-hmm. disappointment when I played Earthbound was because I played Undertale first. Mm-hmm. I like, because I know it's like, it's Toby Fox's favorite game. He, says he like base like everyone always talks about these games together like if you talk about undertale eventually earthbound comes up because it was such a huge inspiration for him and i was supremely underwhelmed like again specifically with this element like it has a lot of the quirk of earthbound but like earthbound just had such little heart in it that i felt i'm not Mm -hmm. no offense to people who you know i'm not telling you whatever means things to you means things to you obviously it meant something to toby um but yeah, I was just incredibly underwhelmed with like, I was like, this is it? Like, in terms of the story, in terms of like the emotional characterization, I was like, how is this what people compare Undertale to? Um, yeah, I, I don't know if heart is the right word, but definitely I think motivation would be the correct term. Yeah. Like, I know we talked about this in Earthbound too, was like, you know, in Undertale, you have characters like Sans and Papyrus and stuff like pushing you along the way. And in Earthbound, there's really not... I mean, there mm-hmm. are characters kind of like that that are like frequently show that like show up once in a while and stuff, but they're not nearly as fleshed out as they are um, in Undertale. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that like Undertale I think does well is like the length of the game. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. You're yep. able to get more compact stories in like a shorter length game like that, where Earthbound was more of like a big, expansive like RPG type of game. Um, kind of like Pokemon, where you just kind of run it and talk to like random characters, and just they'll just say something along the way. Um, where Earthbound, you know, I think that, that by Toby being more focused, um, mm-hmm. giving you less, like less is more. Yeah, totally. I I yeah. I hundred percent agree. That was another because the quirkiness, like the quirkiness, is is ripped off of earthbound <laughs> it is it is yeah, yeah. I, I, think like, that, I know we talked about that too where it's like there's a lot from earthbound that mm-hmm. is straight up ripped off yeah you know like the timmy village is essentially yeah. just yeah. the yeah the uh mr, mr. Saturn Saturn, village, yeah, yeah. village or whatever yeah i, I um, think that is the through line between the two is the humor and the quirk and, and the yeah. like mm-hmm. you know and the kind of like wink winkness of it all like i, yeah. I, I think that is uh, that but to me, I, I personally feel like Toby executed it better um, than his predecessor. Yeah. Um, which, you know, I mean, for you know, sure. I, that's fine. Like, that's, I think it's wonderful that this, that it inspired him. And, you know, yeah. I, it's not a dig on Earthbound. I just feel like Undertale succeeded yeah. in so many ways where I, it, Earthbound fell flat for me. And I, I will say this like, before everyone rushes off to play Halloween Hack, Toby clearly grew a lot as a writer between when he made Halloween Hack. Like, Play it if you play it, play it to see like the origin, like a historical artifact. 
yeah, play it like a historical artist because you can see like the charm of it. Like I wrote some things that, you know, like it'll have things where you can see like the same kind of quirk as he has later. Like, like there's a guy that you meet and he's got like a top hat all the way over his head and you talk to him and he just says, I'm an eternal darkness or a hat, you know, um, <laughs> yeah. or like, um, if you remember like magic ant that like land inside of mines where like, it's all of the memories running mm-hmm. loose and you meet this guy and he says, each person in magic ant epitomizes a single memory, a single moment. We're all trapped. We're living the same thoughts day after day. Please save us. I'm I'm doomed like this forever. Doomed to always be opening this yogurt lid. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's just like, it's so cool to see, like even as a 15 year old kid, he had that like incredibly sharp sense of humor. Yeah. Totally. Um, like the, the the protagonist, I don't think is fantastic, but also in Undertale, the protagonist, protagonist is, is kind of a the cipher protagonist too. Is you, you are the yeah. you are the character, and the game does that intentionally. It is intentionally yeah. a silent blank slate protagonist because more so than almost any game I've played, it's really important that you slot yourself into that role, and it becomes even yeah. more apparent in the genocide route, which I'm going to talk about in a second. When, <laughs> um, which. I will to briefly mention Deltarune, I think is a fascinating part of that game because that game kind of feels like it's doing both. Mm-hmm. Um, in that, like, Deltarune, we don't know what the ending of Deltarune is yet. Part it's got two parts out of seven yeah, are released. He's not gonna finish um, it before it but, does. But he's a the, main... the George R. R. Martin of video games, <laughs> like, he's not gonna finish that series. <laughs> the, the main character of Deltarune. Like you do have those choices, but also there are parts in the story where you don't and you realize the fact that you, the player, are out of control. And I find it so fascinating to see Toby Fox playing with that. And I'm so excited to see where he takes it. I need to play it again. But I haven't played the second part. I played the first one. If you haven't played part two, I like it even better. Okay, that's that's encouraging. Yeah. Um, Okay, let's talk about the genocide route real quick, because... In my opinion, this is actually, even though I think people associate their strong feelings with this game with the pacifist route, because that's, I mean, you know, the game rewards you for the pacifist route. Mm -hmm. The genocide route is what I tell people, like, if you want to see what storytelling in video games can be and why they are a wholly unique medium that can do something that other mediums can't, genocide route is that. Because, um... Like so many games try to make you f- tell you like, oh, your choices matter. Like Fallout, uh, Fallout 3, you can like straight up nuke an entire city. Um, mm-hmm. And I like never care about those choices, really. Like I might be like, ah, oh, man, but like they don't affect me very deeply. But because Fallout 3 doesn't give the characters, there's like nothing that you care about about those characters. Exactly. It yeah. assumes that you know because they're humans it's wrong to kill them. Whereas like Undertale, they're fleshed out and feel real. Totally. And also like um yeah, because it makes yeah, no, that's like 100%. That's exactly what yeah, exactly. So like it gives you these characters to care about that are so endearing. I mean, that's another thing. If you play this game, you might think these characters are annoying, in which case this will all sound like crazy <laughs> people, or it's like, I'm glad these people fucking died. Um, but like, if the game sells you on these characters in this world, mm-hmm. you will care so much because no other media 
in my opinion, can actually make you truly feel the emotion of guilt. It is something that only video games can do because to feel guilt, you has to be a choice that you made. You can feel guilty about very general things like, you know, like, you know, like your privilege in life, things that you don't have a ton of control over. You can empathize with other people who maybe feel guilt in a movie or TV show, but video games are uniquely placed to make you examine your choices. Um, and this game does it more effectively than there's other games that have done it, like Spec Ops the Line. I mean, like, like lots of games are like, oh, your fable, your choices matter. But this game just like gets at your heart. Um, yeah. uh, and like you know, like in the actual like characters, you could argue some of them are like pretty two dimensional. Maybe you could argue again compared to like literature things or things that have more time to flesh out the characters. But I think that's almost to their advantage because if if all these characters were like had all these like multiple shades of gray, it would make the the payoff of both the extreme like highs of pacifists or the extreme lows of genocide not mm -hmm. as effective. Cause like you're yeah. saving these creatures that are almost like archetypically what like great in their own way. And, like, and their problems are like, are simple. Um, like the, what I wrote here is that if Ocarina of Time kind of felt mythic, this game almost feels like a fable. It feels like these like simple things that are just incredibly like universal, universally effective in making you feel things. Um, in fact, I would say that when the game tries to get into like a gray area, the messaging of it kind of falls apart, which is like, I, I, how did y'all feel about Alphys's lab? Because in my opinion, that's when the, the morality that this game tries to sell you on of like, you know, you don't have, you can always be merciful. You can always be understanding with people like Alphys did a terrible thing of like completely removing yeah. these monsters agency and experimenting on them and like turning them into these like abominations and the game doesn't have an answer for that. Like, I think when the game, I think this is like, I'm, this is like my own only criticism of this game's like shortcomings is that it doesn't handle gray very well. Um, similar mm. to fables, your bad guys are bad, your good guys are good, and like you, you know, whatever. Like, I mean, but so I do think there is one place that really stands out to me where it does, which is on the on the pacifist route, actually, um, when. Um, Asgore and Toriel meet again and Toriel expresses to Asgore what a piece of shit he's been. Yeah, that's true. Too. Um, and you know, I remember this, there's this, like th this line that she says where she's like, if this was really what you believed that this was the right thing to do, you've been an absolute coward about it because yeah. like you could have at any time taken the human souls, gone out into the human world, killed some humans and come back and freed our people. And you didn't do that. Instead, you waited here like a coward. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, like we said, like when you meet Asgore, he feels like such a lovely person, but, but you know, then he has that violent moment, but then like Toriel engages with him and points out to him that like deep flaw in him um, in a way that just like really stuck with me. But then it doesn't do anything about it. That's the problem is that this game's morality, which again, mm -hmm. I'm saying this as a, I mean, as like the only criticism of the way this game handles morality is like, it doesn't have an answer for that. It doesn't have an answer for complicated people who do bad things, except for just continue to forgive them. Um, like, or, or show so mercy. I, I don't know that it necessarily, okay. Maybe I'm misremembering the final shot, 
But like in the final shot, you're there with all of the characters, right? And like, don't doesn't Asgore eventually end up kind of like alone there? Like no one is with him. If I'm yeah, that may, that does sound right. Yeah, maybe. Um, it, and I feel like it does to an extent. Like you know, it doesn't like kill him for his crimes because that's not the message of the game. But at the same time, I think it leaves you in a place where he has to live with the weight of what he's done. Yeah. I would definitely agree that Alphys is not punished Addressed, in the same way yeah. where like she just gets to have a happy relationship with Undyne, which yeah. I don't think she deserves because you are right that she did awful. Now, I guess she has to, she says that she's going to own up to the families of the people, which I'm sure will be an awful experience for her, but the game doesn't show you that. It just yeah. tells you that, which is definitely a weak, I, it's a, you know, it's, it's telling, not showing in that moment. Whereas yeah. I feel like with Asgore, it shows instead of tells. Sure. But, but all that to say, I just wanted to point out, I think a flaw of the game's like kind of like ethos because I think otherwise it executes it very well. I, I just wanted to like, not just I'm, I'm just trying to avoid just being a complete fanboy and just acknowledging <laughs> that like and the, the, I, I think again kind of like fables fables teach simple lessons effectively and I think mm-hmm. that's really what it's trying to do it's I, I think even if you, at the very end if you go talk to Asriel back at the beginning of the game he even says like you're not gonna I think the game even kind of lampshades it and acknowledges um in his dialogue that like you're not gonna be able to solve all, solve all of your problems this way but you should try. Like, I think it's kind of like the, I think the game even kind of lampshades it a little bit. Um, it's just weird that they include this alpha section. That's like, this is mm. fucked up. And then it's like, yeah, Oh, well, I'm still quirky and cute. <laughs> like, 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 I know you like, this is a war crime. This is not okay. But like, ah, oh, but I like anime. Like, okay. Alphys, like, um, I wonder if part of, I don't know. I, I kind of have to play through the story again to think about these thoughts. But with, with Alphys's whole, cause his section is definitely like shit got real and it got dark. It's like, Oh, this is like nothing I've really seen before is Alphys's section is, how do I put this? Um, it's almost as it's, it's trying to understand how the monsters view the world and how they think. So I don't think monsters really quite understood consequences or what they were really trying to do in one sense. How do I put this? So the game kind of what makes the game so powerful on the on the genocide route is the game flips the script in the pacifist route. So you play the game and you, ah, scary monsters, all of them want to kill me. They're talking about, we're going to capture you. We're going to kill you. We're going to take you to the king and get your soul. And as you get to know every single monster, there's almost not one single malicious monster who actually even knows what killing you means. Mm -hmm. They just know the words and they're like, they don't really know what that means. Toriel seems to. You have Papyrus. Toriel yeah. does, which is why Toriel has yeah. locked herself away and so tried to stop. Said, yeah. But you have, you know, you run into Sans, who's like, I'm supposed to be capturing humans. You run into Papyrus, who is a devout, I'm going to capture you or I'm going to kill you with my traps. He doesn't really know what he's saying because when he finally does catch you, he makes a few comments that he doesn't exactly understand what that means when he gives you up to the king. They're, they're children, um, kind of. You could maybe make the argument with Undyne, but I don't know if Undyne actually 
killed anyone. She is you she turns out to be an extremely loving, passionate zealot for her king yeah. as as Gore. Yeah. And she just likes fighting. And you have fun for her. <laughs> yeah. Um, and as you encounter and fight through every single monster in the game, you realize none of them are really exactly trying to kill you. They don't really know they're children, like you said. They don't really understand the consequences of what they think they're doing or what you know the words they're saying. And then you get to Alphys, and it may have he may be the first character who's she, gone through with she may be the first character who has gone through with um, these experiments and realized a horrifying outcome and does not know how to deal with it. And none of it started as a malicious thing. And even keeping the creatures there was not inherently an evil decision, but it got way out of Alpha's hands. Mm -hmm. And they just don't know what to do about this because this is not the norm in the monster world. They are so the the script flips to where you realize that you are the kind of only predator and danger in this world of monsters who are really pure at heart through and through. Other than Asgore, who uh, you can visibly see is tormented by the decisions he's made. I think made. Sans understands too. Like in his fight, yeah. he clearly understands the consequences of like what you're doing. Um, yeah, flowy, for sure. Flowy yes. too. Yeah, I, I think I think that there's that's a good read of like a lot of like the um, kind of like lower level characters. But I think a lot of the boss monsters, even the turtle, like when you do genocide route and you try to buy something from him, he knows you're an asshole. Like he like he's like get <laughs> out. Um, but I, I think I think I think that kind of like sense of innocence that you're getting at is like I think that's kind of the what I'm saying when it's like the game doesn't know how to deal with gray. I, th I think it's at the, mm -hmm. like in order to make in order to sell that you have to have characters that are like really really like not gray, and um, which again like I I, yeah. I feel like I've been knocking this game for a while. I meant to just make this a small aside and then go on about what I love about it, but I I, I do think it's a legitimate problem in this game's kind of like ethics or whatever um but i don't think the game but I, I think there's plenty of media to that like talks about gray like everything is grimdark and everything is like i, I don't think we're, we're and, and have any kind of dearth of media that's like everyone's just misunderstood and no one's really good like like you know we're all like i i think this game is a breath of fresh air you know because it it just like is like you can be good to each other we can be good to each other and we don't need I, I think if it's gonna, I, th I think that it should have changed, tweaked the alpha section to make that messaging mm. more straight. Because <laughs> um, I think the alpha yeah. section is a weird deviation from an otherwise like pure kind of like, like I said, fable about like we can just be good to each other. Like you don't have to. Um, we don't. So yeah. If I can give a little bit of a different read on Alphys, and this is something that's like just occurring to me as we're talking about her. I feel like she is another extension of Asgore's cowardice because what she has done is at his behest, right? Yeah, like true. he instructs her to do this, and just following orders is not an excuse for what she's done. Yeah, that's true. But she also doesn't understand what the ramifications of what she is going is doing are until it all goes so completely wrong. Like she thinks it's going to be a good result. And ultimately, both she and Asgore have a 
cowardly response to the mess that they've made, where instead of dealing with the ramifications of their actions, they just bury them in this lab. Yeah. You know? Um, Which makes it so next level awful that they were keeping these monstrosities down there and locked away. Alphys really is the darkest timeline of of Undertale. It, It is some... Truly horrifying shit that went on down there. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I I, I, I want to talk about the genocide route a little bit more um, because I like that this game is trying to get you to analyze your relationship to mm-hmm. art, like, and not like yep. humanity's relationship to art, not like how does this like affect people, but it's like how does this affect you, Alan, or you, Rob, or you, Quentin? Um, because it or you, Steve. Or Steve. No, not Steve. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't I'm mean to perfect. leave you out. I'm perfect. Yeah. No matter my inspired. choice, I am perfect. Yeah. <laughs> because, like, it, it's such a, it's a pretty, actually, again, I don't want to get super over the top pretentious, but I read an article talking about, like, how Kant's philosophy applies to Undertale. Because, like, it asks this, like, question of, like, how much does do the does you how much do does your interaction with things that aren't people matter like hmm. and this game has a resounding answer that like the way you treat things that aren't people still says something about you like you like your relationship to these like graphics in this in these like AI fucking matters even if they can't physically feel it your ability to be cruel to them says something about you. And the way I interpret the genocide route is the game is trying to save your soul the whole time. And it does it through any way it can. Like, yeah, it throws Toriel at you. And it's like the disappointed mother. It throws Papyrus at you. And he still says like, I believe you can still be good. Like it, um, it it turns it's throws it throws undying at you and you already kind of said this about like how like you like become the villain of the stories that you love to watch you love to watch the hero like realize the power within themselves and rise up and defeat this great evil and you see yourself from that like the other side of that like it's and then the game also in a meta way tries to get you to stop doing the genocide route because it makes it unpleasant. The genocide route sucks, except for the two awesome <laughs> boss fights. Like it's boring. Yeah. Like you have to literally grind for like probably actual hours trying to kill these things. And it's incredibly unsatisfying. There's no all there's no characters to interact with. The music gets sucked out of it. It sucks. It's not fun. And it's intentionally not fun because the game is trying to save you. It's trying to get you to stop. Um, And then like the cherry on top is like you fight Sans and Sans. It tries to stop you because it's like, Hey, this is a fucking hard fight. Maybe you should just stop. Like it makes it, it's the most difficult fight in the game because it wants you to stop. And Sans stops all cuts out all the bullshit and he starts talking to you. It's the final thing it tries to do is it talks to you the player it's no longer talking to the character it's talking to you and it's saying like why are you doing all this so you can see a new ending like what the heck that is fucked up that you would do this to this many people to see an ending what kind of monster would do that someone like you would never be happy like when i when sans says that it fucking wrecks me because it's like 
I, nothing else does this. No, no, no other like no other piece of media has ever like made me feel so bad about what I am doing, mm. and that is to me like the power of video games. And none of them else, no, no other game has done it this well. Um, so um, anyway, that is my whole like spiel on on like the genocide route. Is the genocide route? Although it's unsatisfying, it is doing something nothing else has ever done. I think um, that I know of. Yeah. So, anywho, so long rant about. Um, I I agree with most of that. Oh, here we go. What do you disagree with? <laughs> I disagree with the gameplay part of it. When you, you said killing monsters is boring, and like I don't know. Okay. I I disagree. No. I think I think you're right on most of that. With the game telling you and everything, but I think where that argument lacks is in the gameplay specifically. I mean, I guess it is, you know, tedious to go through and killing monsters. But you know what's That's also what fucking annoying? You know what's also annoying is guessing on how to talk them out of them while you're fucking getting hit and die the entire time. That's annoying. That's annoying. And that's frustrating where like genocide's like, Oh, I know what I'm doing. I just have to kill everything. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. I just think that the gameplay, I think the, it being tedious, tedious is the right word. I think tedious, I think yeah. it's tedious because as you kill people in the world, encounters become less frequent because you're actually killing all the people in the world. Mm -hmm. And so, like, literally, like, when I was streaming this and, like, I, I would, like, hold the walk button for, like, 10 minutes before an, an encounter would happen. That's kind of more what I'm getting yep. at. Um, it's tedious. And the game doesn't even tell you this, but if you go back and forth between screens, it resets the timer on those encounters. I did not know that. <laughs> Yeah. So, so yeah, remember. like my chat held like, my hand through the entire game. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, like, like I remember like doing that route, like having to just sit in Hotland, like running in a circle for oh, yeah. hours, just being like, oh God, won't any enemy appear so that I can just finish this? And this isn't even the last one. I've got like the five core. more to yeah. get through. Um, I did not have that problem. <laughs> I don't remember it being an issue either. I remember a little I, bit of it being an issue, like towards the end. But like, it really struck me for me this playthrough of hmm. just like how to long me it's yeah. more. To me, I it's more technique. annoying when you're on pacifist and you're running into an enemy every two seconds, and then you get you're yeah, just fair. doing this. You're either doing the, you're same, doing the same puzzle thing. or you're just dying. Yes. No. I, I see. I had this technique where I would hold up and down on my arrow at yes. a wall so that you spin I, back and forth. But then I would strafe while doing that. So I would be spinning and strafing oh. going right to left. And I, I feel like I didn't really have an issue with, um, in well, any of I the did. areas. What I was scared of was killing their certain unique enemies that if you didn't kill them in the right order, might not show up yep. before I ran into a boss. That's what was really took me a while to make sure I'm not screwing something up going into each yep. area. But, um, so no, Steve, I agree with you that pacifist gets tedious in its own way, and that's that's actually what I one of the criticisms I said about the gameplay is that they need to. I I think pacifist should have done the exact same thing as um, genocide, where as you as you spare people, they stop showing yeah. up as much. I think I that agree. would have been. Like, I think that would have made it a lot better because I agree. Like you're like okay, I know he needs me to hug him or whatever the fuck. Like I okay, like yes, like let me just go. Like I. I 
but I, I think if you had done that with pacifist, it would have felt rewarding because like you don't have to do the tedium yeah. as much and because you get to the good stuff of like the characters. Um, but Steve, what I the other thing I would say about the fights with genocide is that it starts out fun. Because, like, especially after pacifist, you're like, I'm finally fucking fighting. <laughs> like, I'm like, <laughs> but then as you get more powerful, you get so powerful to where you're one shotting everything. And so the fights kind of become trivial. What's wrong with that? <laughs> well, yeah, no, so it's, well, it's a power fantasy for sure. But I, 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 I don't know. Especially, I remember this hit me so hard when you get to the fights that you think will be big fights. Yeah. Like, I remember the first time fighting Toriel, Toriel on, yeah. on, um, genocide genocide and thinking like okay we're gonna do a boss fight now yeah. like i'm gonna feel bad about killing her but at least she's got a fair fighting chance and then you just hit the button and then she dies you do like nine 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 damage yeah <laughs> and the look on her face of shock yes. just maybe look feel like such a piece of shit you know that <laughs> like, might be i think i think my um, most viewed clip on twitch is me reacting to like one shotting her i'm just like oh my yeah. god like I'm, i just was not expecting that at all yeah yeah, yeah, but you know, I, I, it would have been. I think you're right on that. It would have been nice if they did put up a little bit more of a fight. Some of some of the main characters, um, but I think that's intentional because yeah, yeah, you're, it's I the agree. it's the game saying like, look at what a fucking asshole you are. You just that, like, yeah. killed your surrogate. It is shocking. Yeah, <laughs> she was not even a threat to you. Well, yeah. yeah, and you just. And I think that goes to show so many of these bosses that you fought in the pacifist route that you go on the genocide route and you one-shot them. It kind of drives home the point that they didn't – they were never really mm -hmm. out to get you in the sense yeah. that yeah. you felt like they were. And then they encounter for the first time someone who's going to take their life and they are not ready for yep. that. They don't even know what's happening. They're like, oh, wh what? Why yep. did you – and they're dead. Like it's, the only one it's really who understands you is sense. Sans, and I, I, I yeah. like Papyrus doesn't even know what to do when mm -hmm. you finally like Sans and Undyne. Those are the only two who know like yeah. you are a legitimate threat. Yep, Undyne and I have to stop you, which is why they're the only two actual yeah. real yeah. boss fights. Un Undyne knows that you'll destroy all the monsters. Sans knows that you are an existential threat to the game itself, yep. though, which he ha he has like a whole different level. I mean, of he's understanding. Up telling you, like, can you imagine what it's like to wake up and live your life and know that it could be reset? It makes you not want to live yeah. anymore. Like, fucking a man. Like, and then you think about that in the context <laughs> of like, what if every game, like, what if every character I'd ever fought in a game was that self aware? Like, what if like, yeah. Uh, like it, just, it, it like makes you retroactively empathetic to every mm -hmm. game you've ever played. Like it's it's just it's crazy. It's wild. Like it's um, I love to yeah. on the Sands fight in Genocide. There's that midpoint where like he tells you can give mercy, and if you hit it, he kills you. Which like yeah. I think a lot of people treat as a <laughs> I joke. Got so good with that. <laughs> <laughs> Figgy got me he with that one my best run yet. I was I, I don't even know if I used a single health potion, and I was like, okay, fine for you. I'll try that. It was my best run. I'm like halfway point. I've got full HP. I haven't used anything. I'm gonna do mercy <laughs> and I die. I I love that. Um, if you do do mercy on him, do do. <laughs> if you, if, if you, if you choose up. mercy on him he says to you essentially like this is like the one good thing you've done i'm gonna kill you if you want to be good don't, don't come, come back. back 
um, which like really wow. stuck with me, I guess. But yeah, this game has a lot. I had to come back. I, you I like. I agree with the writing the and everything that like you know they do a good <laughs> job with that. But like I, I don't know. To me, it's like I'm playing a video game, and I you know gameplay is a huge part of that of no, playing totally. video games, and like. I don't know. I just think the fighting mechanic is, you know, I can definitely respect the mercy uh, mechanic that that is unique. That is unique beyond compare, but it's just like, it's unique, but is it more fun? I don't know. That's no, my I issue. think that I actually think that's totally fair, Steve. I, 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 I would and that's not kind of, and that's like a big thing too. Cause it's like, Man, do I struggle and play the more tedious route, but I'm a good guy? Or do I just, you know, have fun while playing a video game? <laughs> well, no, and I totally like I would not I would not recommend this game to everybody. I don't think this is a game that appeals to everyone. Like I I, I think it I think if, if you like if your goal with a game is like I've come home from a long day at work and I just want to feel powerful and in control and have fun and not think about like I just want to like. I just want to escape. I don't think it's the yeah. game for you. Like, it, it, I, I think, I think, I think, I well, like this game. No, that's Diablo Four. Yeah, I mean that's that's a lot of games. That's <laughs> it's your, funny too because there's an entire route that we've forgotten about here, which what? is the neutral route. Right. I mean that would which, actually kind of which be... would be the like just have fun one. Although that one, like you, I still felt like a piece of shit when I killed people on neutral. Yeah. But it's not as explicit though. It's more yeah. just like, oh, there's someone like the dogs, they're not at the counter. But like yeah. it's not like genocide, which is like you need to examine your life. Like how like messaging like <laughs> I feel like neutral route though. It's like the only way you're doing neutral like a neutral route is if you accidentally do it. I yeah, feel like. I mean uh, that's or, fair. Or, or, like, or you have to do it first before you get the pacifist. Because I feel like no well, one's I mean, gonna be like, you know what? I'm just gonna do a neutral route right now. I like and kill well, something. I, I, I mean, maybe there are people. I don't know. But to me, it's just like the real endings are the genocide and the pacifist. I think neutral is what every single person would play if they weren't told they didn't you need know. to do this. And, and that's, that. another, that, exactly. that's what I did the first yeah. time I yeah. played. But like, it's it's so rare because this game has become so famous. People like the, the elevator pitch for the game spoils <laughs> the thing that you you pick up on if you do neutral route, you know, yeah. uh, like I, I feel incredibly lucky that I got to go in, not realizing um, what the different options are, you know, like, like when I played, when I played it the first time, there were fights that I like, even like Toriel, I was like, I don't, I don't think I can get past her. And I, and I didn't figure it out. And then it, then when I beat the game and I think it was like one of the characters tells you like, you know, you didn't have to kill anyone. You could have got through the whole thing. And I had this moment of like, what? I didn't, I didn't have yeah, to Sam do that. Sam tells you at the end, right? Yeah. He's, yeah. yeah. And then like judgment going or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And so the, this is one of the only games I have ever beaten and immediately replayed to try and get a, another ending. I'd like never do that. I don't have the patience for it. Yeah. Um, but like I immediately went back and I remember how mind blowing it was to me when I realized that the way that you beat Toriel is you just sit there passively because you realize that she is completely unwilling to kill you. So all you have to do is like demonstrate your determination to her until she realizes, oh, you're not buying that my attacks are fake. You're not going to go back. I can't stop you. 
um, because you will just stand here from now until the end of eternity until I let you go. Um, which was just like such an impactful moment for me. And the same with like Undyne was a fight the first time that I played. I was like, <gasps> I was so mad the first time I played Undyne. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But I didn't know that it was supposed to if I if I didn't know about the pacifist route, I would have just killed her because yeah. I didn't know you were supposed to run. And I the first times I was playing her, I had like a 20 minute fight. I just kept going yep. and going and going. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? When is this person going to take mercy? Until I had to Google it and look it up because I I once did I did a fight that was so long and I realized oh you're supposed to just keep running. I had that problem with um Asgore the first time I played it because I mean the game completely telegraphs it to you because he he literally destroys the mercy option. I was like yeah. nope I'm not fighting anyone. I've been told I'm not supposed to fight anyone, so I just kept talking to him, yeah. <laughs> expecting something different to happen. And eventually I looked it up. I was like no you actually have to hit him. Like it's like the only time. And I was like oh okay. So there's a um, lot yeah. that was just said that like kind of resonates with me. And that was, I didn't know. Cause there's a lot that like when I played this game, like I said, my chat was kind of holding my hand the entire mm-hmm. time. Cause I didn't know what I was doing for a lot of certain parts. And the game doesn't really tell you. I mean, it kind of does. Um, but like Rob, like it doesn't tell you until like the end of the game. And then it's like, all right, and I got to do it again. And yeah. Like yeah, it is short. It is a shorter game, which it's helps. It, it which does help, but it's still like five six hours. You know, even like 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 rat. Like I didn't know you could run away from and die. So I, you're right. <laughs> like, there's just like a lot of things. Like like I know the first time I played it, this is a minor thing, but I'm sitting there watching the cutscene with Undying and the the little monster kid or whatever yeah. his name is. Uh huh. And it's the part where he's like about to fall off the yeah. bridge. Yeah, 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 or, yeah. And you have to you have to go walk over there and save him. So I'm sitting there like watching this cutscene, and I'm just like watching him, and I'm like I'm watching him struggle, and, and then and then he just falls, and I'm like, oh, and then I look at my chat, walk over and save him, and I'm like, I didn't even know it was a cutscene. Like I, I thought it was still yeah. the cutscene. I'm just sitting Wait there watching minute. the cutscene. Fall? You can I let him just, just fall. I let him fall. I didn't know. I didn't know I didn't that. Know. Oh, wow, that's fucked know. up. Well, when you, I didn't know, man. I'm sitting there just like watching, like reading, like watching the cutscene because it's like a decently, like, in, you know, it's an interesting cutscene. And it's just like, I just picture you, know, you like with slack jawed watching. It's kind of long. And like, you know, the gameplay doesn't really, there's really no like the division between cutscene and mm-hmm. gameplay. Yeah. And then he just falls and he, I don't remember if he dies or he hurts himself or what, but like I fucked up there and like I had to, I had to redo the whole run. <laughs> well, so I, I, this game, this is brings up an interesting point, which how much mm-hmm. obligation does the game have to signpost to you how to get different endings? And I think if you think of it in terms of like, well, I'm supposed to see the pacifist ending, then it's like annoying. But if you think of it in terms of like back in the day, like games would hide stuff from you that would be like a treat if you figured it out. And I think that's, but we live well, in the modern age of internet where it's yeah. like, well, no, you're supposed to do the pacifist route. And it's like, how and much I of an obligation say, does the game have to, to, to tell you those things? I would say to the fact that the game does not make it easy to figure out how to have mercy all of the time 
is kind of a testament to its most powerful, one of its most powerful statements, which is, it is not always easy to be kind. You are going to meet people in your life who are awful and miserable and horrible to interact with. And and it's going to feel like there is nothing that you can do about it. But that doesn't mean that you can't look for the kind solution. And in like playing this game in a way where like you don't know how do I get to that mercy that like is part of its statement is like that's not always going to be easy but it's worth it if you can figure it out that's but. a really great way of looking at it Rob yeah yeah that that's a beautiful sentiment it's a beautiful way of thinking about it um I, it just depends what you want from the game. Like, I think Steve is right that it's just if, if your goal is like, I want to see the content, it's frustrating. But if your goal is to like, I want to engage with this on an emotional level, it kind of starts coming into like what Rob is saying of like, it's not always easy. And also, like, this is a thing that comes up with Dark Souls or from soft games because they don't mm-hmm. teach you things all the time very well. It's like, well, we also live in the age of the Internet. So it's like how like, it's this interesting conversation of like a, like a broad level of like. I mean, like, how much does the game have to tell you or signpost things when it's like you can literally be sitting there with a guide? You know what I mean? It, it, and arguably, it should like, well, everything should be contained within the game. Or it's like, well, we they know the audience that like we live in the modern world. I, I don't have an opinion one way or the other, but it's something <laughs> I've seen. Like, I think we talked about it when we talked about the very first game. When we talked about um, uh, Elden, Ring, Elden Ring, you know, um, it's just an interesting thought of like, yeah, it's could totally be frustrating if you're trying to go in without a guide or without any kind of help. But on the other hand, it's like, well, it's the modern world, man. Like, you you know, I, I don't know. It's an inter- interesting thought. I don't know if I have an opinion one way or the other. Um, But I, it's, I can definitely understand how it's frustrating that you can just miss a lot. Um, But yeah, like I, I was playing on stream with people that knew what they were doing and I still... <laughs> Yeah, still miss things. Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. Hundred percent. Um, yeah. Well, and yeah, and there's other cool, like you know, like the secret bosses, like or I didn't even know those existed. Yeah, Yeah. like like that the secret switch boss, uh, the like Mad Mew Mew ended up being one of my favorite fights in the game, but I would never have figured out how to get it without like looking it up. You know, yeah. Um, Or the secret secret door at the end of the game. Yeah, after the credits. Like, who the heck is supposed to figure that crap out? Well, you have to be, <laughs> you also have to like 100% a very hard credits game. Like, it's it's so hard to get to. Yeah. Yeah, it's wild. Um, yeah. What, um, I know what this is, is probably, this is probably well known, but like, just before you finish the pacifist ending, if you walk all the way back yep. to the spawn, um, little Azrael? Azrael, yeah. Yeah, little Azrael's there, and you can talk to him and say goodbye and everything. Yeah, um, you guys probably knew that, but that was my yeah. pro tip moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's and that's when the game kind of even says like, look, it's not real. Like, you're not gonna be able to be kind to everyone, but you should try. That, that's when the game kind of like lampshades its like shortcoming of like, okay, I know this isn't the real world, but like, yeah. Um, well, another thing, really quick, because we've been going on long as we always do, but I do want to think talk about this game's relationship with like it's very explicit with like Sans. Like talking to the player, like in the game being self aware that it's a game. But the first time when I played this game, again, I didn't know it had these elements in it. Like it's now, if you talk to people, they'll just tell you, like, oh, the game's self aware. But I killed Toriel 
And then I went and talked to Fl- Flowey's immediately after that, like after you kill Toriel, he's there. And I was like, well, this sucks. I don't want to do this. So I rebooted my save and then successfully like didn't spared her. And then you talk to Flowey again right after her. And he's like, I know what you did. Like, and he's like, <laughs> and he's like, like, you know, like you might, you may have all these other people fooled, but I know what you are. And like when I saw like, that, it gave me chills. I was like, holy shit. Like the first time I experienced that, um, yeah, it's just really cool. I think cool. that's and really cool. I like stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, like even something- like the genocide, like it it carries over no matter like yes! what you do. I forgot yeah. to mention like, that. Yeah, yeah, like that. I think that's a really cool aspect of the game. I don't think there's any other game I know that does something like that. Where it's like even if you delete your save, it's like still there. It remembers. You have to like, de- have to like delete the file like off your system like permanently. Yeah, it's an eternal um, mark on your soul for yep. for it to reset. Yeah. Because I know, like, I did the pacifist your... last um, after genocide, and like, oh. it's it's still like you know, because I did pacifist, then I did genocide, then I did pacifist again, and there's like things at the end of the pacifist route that are like, yeah, but you're a monster, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you still suck, yeah, but go. Well, and then there's dicks. so many. <laughs> cool like like naming your character there's there's like a dozen different names that you name mm-hmm. your character and it can add effects into the game mm-hmm. if you try to copy certain characters names it yeah. makes comments throughout or it won't let you or uh what is it Kara. name it frisk it activates the like hard mode frisk yep. is hard mode which i need to try that i haven't done that yet i but did frisk that is i actually like completely forgot i did that hard mode speed run type deal um Kara is apparently you put that in and it says your true name. And yep. then the, like, I guess it's what they say is Kara for character, the main character. Oh, um, <laughs> just like Turiel for tutorial. Oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, like just so many neat little niche things yeah. like that. Um, on your genocide route, the first time you run into Sands, when you realize the game's changing a little bit, he goes to tell you a joke when he gives you the hand buzzer, and he's like, oh, you don't think that's funny, huh? Like, you don't laugh instead. Or you go run in and, and look at yourself in the mirror, and instead yes. of saying, it's still you, it says, it's me. Yep. Or something like that. You're like, oh, or going to the sink, and it says, where are the knives? In yes. red letters. You're like, oh, my God. <laughs> um, that mirror moment is, I mean, it's a pretty famous moment from the mm-hmm. game, but um, if you do the pacifist route or any other route, you see a mirror in Toriel's house, and um, if you look at it, the, the flavor text is, it's you. And then you, the same mirror exists in Asgore's house, and like at the end of the game, if you go look at it, it says, despite everything... It's still you, which is yeah. like beautiful, I think, and yeah. whatever. And then um, if you do it in genocide route and you'll look at the mirror, it goes, and if it's really effective if you name it after yourself. Like it, it goes, it's you, Alan, like, or it's, it's me, Alan, like, as in like, you're the one doing all these horrible things. It's <laughs> really effective. Um, so, yeah. Ah, man. I love this game. Anyway, um, are we ready? Is it time for judgment? Is it time to... There's one thing I think we should at least brush over. I know we've gone long, but I feel like at least we should talk some about how fucking funny this game is. Oh my gosh. It's so, I know I, we've like alluded to it I cut it, it out because of time, but, but yes, yeah, we should... But t- like, like, 
it deserves to be mentioned because it's one of the funniest games I've ever it played. It definitely has a very slapstick, hilarious type of comedy to it or just really dry. Like it, the comedy varies throughout, but it all hits. All of it hits. Um, I mean, we've all seen Donkey's video, but the funniest shit I've ever seen is petting Doggo's head and watching his <laughs> neck grow longer and longer and longer. Or that little kid that you that keeps tripping over himself. Mm-hmm. Every single my first playthrough, every single time I saw that kid run away from me, I was fucking laughing out loud. I thought it was so funny that this kid was tripping <laughs> over himself. My, you know, it's such a stupid detail, but I thought it was so hilarious. It's and then it played a plot point. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was freaking. One hilarious. of my favorite moments. Or, I'm just thinking of this now. Was yeah. like you're going to like pick something up, and then the game's like. You can't pick it up because you have too many annoying dogs in your inventory. And you're like, oh my God, what? And then you look at your inventory and like you have the annoying dog and then just like barks away. (laughs) No, you you release it and then it takes the artifact with it. It absorbs it and runs away. It's so good. Fucking hilarious. And then Um, during the genocide run, when you go to the hotel, if you did you guys talk to the, the guy in the shop? Oh, he's like, the best character. His dialogue he's is so, so funny. fucking funny. Where he's like, very funny. He's line... just like expressing the the plight of all customer service representatives yeah. in the funniest way. <laughs> I I, he's the... like, I'm 19 and my life is already over or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, and like, when you ask him a difficult question, he gets all like shaky. He's like, come on, man. I'm just trying to survive here. Oh like, it's so good. The uh, the comedy bird in the dining area of that hotel fucking killed me. I thought he was so funny where he's talking about his disappointing son who's not funny. And then he would say Which something. Which is one of the enemies you fight in, in yep. Snowden. Yes. And then he would say something like really terrible. I'm trying to think of examples. And then he would laugh and say, ha, 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 ha. That's not funny. <laughs> like, just Chef, yes. fucking on point. Um, Thunder Snail is amazing. The whole Thunder yep. Snail race, like <laughs> I spent so much money on that race. You can beat it. I was so I, it mad. is doable. It's really hard, but like <laughs> it's like he caves under the. Like, you've put too much pressure on him. He can't handle the pressure. Set him on fire. <laughs> <in the pressure. laughs> it's so the game is just so good. It's so funny. Oh my gosh, um, going over back. Temi Village is amazing. Um, yep. Yeah, it's so it's good kind of annoying, like, but like it's good. <laughs> it's so good at like setting an expectation and then breaking that expectation for comedic effect. Yeah, um, and it just like it works so well every time. I, I like the enemies with the uh, like the dude bros and like the armor. <laughs> or I think that's hilarious. The way you have to fight them or whatever, <laughs> you make them fall in love. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's that's bro. Good. I didn't know you felt up that way about me, bro. bro yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Oh, it is. Good. Oh man, it is. I love it this is. game. There's some good moments in this game for sure. Oh, speaking of judging, just so you know, another way the music ties into thing, the judgment music when Sans judges you is the Undertale theme slowed down by like five times. If you speed it up, it's the it's the boom ba ba boom ba 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 ba. It's that theme slowed down like 
eight times. Anyway. But, but um, is it the Figgy Scat version? Yeah. No, it's the, my, the Figgy Scat is the definitive version of the song. Um, Toby couldn't afford me. He wanted me to do it, but yeah. I told him no. I want like a Shrek retold, but it's it's Undertale retold, and it's just like Figgy has to do everything. Yeah, <laughs> um, I would happily do Okay. I gave the elevator pitch, so I'll go first with my um, with my evaluation of the game. Um, so, <clears throat> lots of games claim to make choices matter, and while in those games, choices may matter to the plot of the game, they don't matter to you. Undertale rewards you for your kindness with a world worth saving, a world worth not killing for, and it tries to save you if you choose violence. But if you press on, it forces you to feel the weight of your violence. Literally, no other piece of media has ever done this to me. and is something only video games can do. Toby did everything he could to hit you with as hard as he could. And there are so few games I've played where you can feel the artist pouring himself or herself into it this much. So, Undertale is a goat. Damn. I didn't see that. <laughs> <laughs> He's only been talking about it for the last 12 episodes. <laughs> Who would have thought? Um, okay. Uh, while we have Rob go, go next, um, I, right. I, try, I try to pick people based on what I th- like, where I think mm-hmm. it's going to I try to build tension. So we'll see. It's I, I, not hard to figure out where yeah. I'm going. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so clearly a goat for me. Um, I loved everything about this game. Um, I think it's a game that is firing on all cylinders. It It is beautiful. It is meaningful. It has characters that I care about, which like is so rare that a video game can do that. Like, I feel like how many video games do you play where you like actually feel bad or good for the way that you other you treated the characters you know and it's also so fucking fun and unique and creative and it's so funny like it's firing on every single cylinder um it's unequivocally a goat for me and the 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 insane thing is i kind of think i might like delta rune even better time will tell with delta rune i need to Um, play but but um like this game is just it stands on its own and it is also i think a testament to indie games and the power of a unique creative voice unrestrained by corporate interests making something that is heartfelt and true to themselves and how beautifully and loudly that sings so yeah absolutely a goat for me beautiful beautiful okay let's do steve a straight up said he doesn't know if it's a goat so we'll maybe save him for a while um uh q well how do you feel about this game i'm nervous okay. I'm, I'm nervous about q q and steve right. I'm, I'm nervous about rob i knew i had um, in the hole wait no. so in the pocket wait what's the wait in the bag in the it. pocket <laughs> i knew i had rob in my hole <laughs> anyway. <laughs> okay, quit. <laughs> Go. God. 
just gonna move past that. <laughs> um, so this is not the kind of game I normally play. I'm not really into these types of games, graphic wise, play style wise. It's just not my jam. Um, but I I went into this game fully expecting to completely dunk on Figgy here and just shit all over it. I have to say I was extremely surprised and pleased. I think at face value, uh, Undertale is, you know, base game is super eh. It's okay. It's kind of a fun story if you don't have the internet or people telling you how to play it in mm-hmm. what order. I think it drast- this game drastically levels up every different playthrough you do. You start with neutral, and then you go pacifist, and it hits a whole new level. And then because of pacifist, it makes genocide route hit on an entirely new level. So it it kind of builds on it. Each playthrough is what makes it better and better. And what makes it so unique is it's not that it particularly does anything new. Uh, the meta meta gaming route is not new. You see that in I don't know if Doki Doki came after or before this, but it's very much on the same lines of fucking with your game files and your saves and things like that. Um, you know, showing mercy is not a new thing in games, but it's it's the level of detail and the complexity of how it actually changes the game, changes your character and the 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 way that other characters relate and look at you and the way you look at your own character after playing. It hits on so many deep levels where everything is so lovingly crafted and added into this game that it was truly it was truly impressive. And I think this game is man, I hate to say this. It's a it's a freaking goat. Yes. That's a wonderful idea. I really think it is. I was so impressed. And it started with being mediocre, eh to, wow, that was a really sweet ending, and now I understand the characters very well and care for them, to, because I understand these characters so well, now I actually feel, I feel the level of what I'm doing on killing off all these characters, mm-hmm. and it really hits home. It, it, it was spectacular. It was great. It was, well done, Shaggy. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's a mastercraft of a game. It's a goat. Um, when, this feels like the end of the fucking Grinch when his heart grows three sizes. <laughs> like <it's>, <laughs> uh, not to mention, not to mention, it had the the Sans fight standalone is one of the most fun fights in a video game it's I well will done. ever play. Yeah, it is for just sure. fun. Uh, the like forty hours I spent on it. I had a blast the whole time. I didn't really get frustrated to where I was like, I don't want to do this. I'm not having fun. I was just like, well, here we go again, over and over and over and over again. It was great. Well, do I have a website for you? (laughs) Okay. Wait, what does that mean? I don't know what that means. So there's a website online. Bad Time Simulator. Bad Time Simulator that just is the Sans fight on a browser. (gasps) No way. Is it the real thing? Mm-hmm. It's essentially oh. the exact same fight. Yeah, it's oh, like the most close to one to one thing. It, it's actually yeah. One um, my our, that sounds last really Halloween. Fun. I actually dressed up as Sans because you know the, the whole joke was oh you got to beat Sans or whatever. So I beat him and then I dressed up as him and then 
I introduced this website that I found. Somebody sent it to me. I think Dale. Shout out to Dale. Uh, sent it to me. So I was like, oh, now we can all beat Sands together. So we ha- we held our first national beat Sands off. Oh, you got to send that to me. Do they have Undyne on there too? No, I really want to play Undyne's fight it's again. Just Sands, but maybe I'll, maybe ah. I'll host a, a second beat Sands off. I would love can, to be there for that. Join. I think it's beautiful that you beat Sands off. Yeah, someone's got to together. Someone's got to do it. I know, right? Someone's got to host the beat Sands off. So it's a, it's a weight. It's a weight on my shoulder, but <laughs> heavy is the crown. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, right, I didn't Steve, go how yet. Do you feel I'll about go. It? Yeah, uh, I was leaning towards goat the entire time. I didn't know if Rat or somebody else would persuade me otherwise. Um, I do, you know, I, I did gripe a little bit about the gameplay with the whole I didn't know aspect can get a little mm-hmm. frustrating. Um, you know, I do agree that the game tells you not to do the genocide route. However, I do think the gameplay is way more satisfying that's fair way more satisfying and like in a in a video game gameplay is kind of important yeah um, totally <laughs> <laughs> I, guess. I do think um you know the world the levels the music the characters the just the charm um totally outweighs all that other you know frustrating things um so i would give this game a goat oh yes Hell yes. Sweet. You guys Damn. all chose correctly, and I'm proud of you. <laughs> wow. I am glad. I would have been fine if you had, if, if this game had not been a goat, I would have been fine. The show would have been canceled, but I would have been fine with it. Like, <laughs> um, Figgy, okay. legitimately, before I picked this up like a month ago, I my mentality was, this game is definitely not going to be a go. It's going to be a mediocre piece of garbage that might be slightly well done. And that's how I felt after my neutral route. Uh-huh. And then my whole world just drastically changed every every route I took. Yep. It really surprised me. Yep. Yeah, I, I was hesitant to stream it when I did it. Yeah. Too. Like school sent it to me and I was like, oh well now I gotta stream it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Since he bought me the game. And then even like I I got it and they're like, oh, when are you gonna do it? And I was like, oh, I'll do I'll get to it eventually. I held it off for like months because I was like, I don't even know if this is gonna be a game I want to stream or if people are gonna care or like what, but I was thoroughly surprised. And like I said, I think it's my favorite game I've ever streamed on yeah. Twitch um to this date. So Aaron, if you happen to listen to this episode, let Q's experience <laughs> teach you that you have to play this game uh, and do pacifist route. That's the whole reason I did this whole podcast was to get to this moment so he will replay the game and do pacifist wow. route. <laughs> yeah, we're coming for you, Aaron. Watch the out. Yeah. <laughs> the longest of cons. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, guys. Um, thank you, dear baby listener. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being you. Um, if you've enjoyed the show, please like, rate, review, and subscribe to all the various things. If you didn't like the show, get on and uh, review it and lie. It's for a good cause. Um, you can. We have social medias. We have the email. Uh, it's um, uh, uh, podcast at gmail.com. We have, uh, we have an X at GoatGamesPod. Um, <laughs> 
Uh, I'll take this little moment to do some housekeeping, dear sweet baby listener. I do believe that we've talked about it. You may have noticed that we have our release schedule is very sporadic. That's largely because of me, but also just coordinating schedules in general can be hard. So um, we might be mixing up the format a little bit. Don't worry. We will still be doing goat games. We'll still be uh, letting games and denying games into the pearly gates of goat. But you might start seeing some episodes from us that are more just us hanging out, maybe talking about different topics of video games, generally speaking. Um, I think we're, we're giving you more content, giving you more content in general. So if you're a fan of the format and only the format, sorry, but if you like hearing us in your ears, you hopefully, fingers crossed, might be hearing more of that coming up. Um and if that ends up not being true, I'll just go back and retroactively delete this from the episode. And then if people ask about it, I'll just gaslight you and be like, I never said that. That was never in the episode. Hell so yeah. uh, <laughs> so anyway, guys, uh, that's it for Undertale. It's a goat. Huzzah. Till next time. GG's. Um, it has a lot of them writing wise, I think, but but visually it doesn't have a ton of like money shot moments. Um, but that to me is one of them. Sorry, pause. I will take this out. Does money shot is a term outside of porn, right? I have actually no idea. <laughs> I, I think it. I think it's a term that has. Wait, I need to Google uh, it. Transcended. No, this is good. Let's go with that. Let's keep going with this. Um, Google yeah. it and make sure and I'm not saying shot, they have this, shot, You know the shot, shot that just gets all over your face and eyes and you can't forget it. It's so good. <laughs> okay. This is why we don't have sponsors. <laughs> a money shot is a moving or stationary visual element of a film, video, television, broadcast, or print publication that is dip- disproportionately expensive. Okay. Okay, we're good. <laughs> so. Oh <my> God. <laughs> <clears throat> <laughs> so he does have a few of these like money shots <laughs> throughout the game <laughs> that are um uh that are like you know really breathtaking. Hold on, Rob, your your chair has some mad leaning power. Show me that. Show me that again. Whoa! Oh, the way back here, baby. oh wow! Mine oh man, mine doesn't That's... lean. Okay, I don't want to brag. Oh, yours doesn't lean. Yes, it does. If I pull to a, do that. I have to pull. Yeah, a thing. you got the lever, man. I've never ever leaned it. I'm gonna try it. What? I think oh, mine is figgy. just cheap. Oh, Jesus. What? Oh, oh my oh. God. Oh? He's going all the way oh. down. Oh, it's so scary. I'm if I go fall. if I go that far down, I'm going to fall asleep, so I'm not going to I'm going to record the podcast like this oh. now. This is... <laughs> I'm so scared. I think going to fall back. Is... Look at this. Can... can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, we can hear my you. My chair doubles as a bed, so you never have to leave your computer. <laughs> oh my god. I'm like worried that Q's gonna have no, to record the rest of this from the emergency room when he falls over and hurts himself. There's no way yeah. there's no way if I relax, this is not gonna flip. <laughs> oh, what the fuck? I didn't know. These even chairs were clearly this. designed to die in. Oh, wait, like I think they come lever. with an attachment.
Ooh. that you can like, oh, Steve's got some. Oh, oh wow, he stop. just disappeared. It doesn't stop. <laughs> it doesn't stop. How did you oh know these things? Thank you, Rob. Do, dear baby going. listener, I don't, I don't oh, know if he's going to make it in because it's an the, entirely visual gag, but. And the <laughs> funny thing is, take... all of y'all can lean way farther back than I can, it turns oh, out. No. <laughs> well, you wow. can see my yeah, are you jealous, Rob? Bit. But my head's up. <laughs> Steve's just tiny little heads popping out from. <laughs> Steve, yeah, has descended into the underworld. Oh. There's no way that's safe. There's no oh, way. No. No, they're designed to die. I didn't die even know it could do like, that. <laughs> they have an attachment that you can like put around the chair, and it just becomes your casket, your sweet gamer casket. <laughs> like, Where else would you rather die? <laughs> Saying GG yeah. to eternity. <laughs> yeah, GG's forever. Wow. <laughs> He's going to that great land party in the sky. <laughs> oh man, that's good. Oh man. Well done, well done. Um, anybody have anything else you want to talk about besides their chairs? 